Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. Welcome to episode 165 of the In Kicks We Trust podcast. I'm here with three-fifths of the In Kicks We Trust team. Kev, how's it going? What's going on, everyone? Juan, how's it going? I'm not the one missing. Hello, everyone. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> Definitely shocking. <laughs> and this week, we are joined by two people. So we're joined by the owners of Vintage Meets Hype. So we're joined by Nick and Paige. So they're a local shop here in Ontario. They're not in Hamilton or wherever any of us live, but Rich has made the drive out to them a couple of times. <laughs> I know I've been following you guys for a while on uh, on Instagram, but uh, yeah, when Rich mentioned that he drove, made the, the trip out there. So um, yeah, happy to get you on and kind of talk about the, the vintage scene and how you guys got into this. So thanks for joining us. Not a problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, excited to get into it. So we can start it how we always do with our wares and pickups. So Kev, why don't you begin? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll be short and sweet. Actually, I don't have any pickups this week, but in terms of rotation, I've actually been living in my Air Max 1 to 6 sneakers for now. You know, we've got a lot of slush and snow and stuff. So almost kind of like a a wear test because, you know, I try to wear them when they're in the rain, more so like a grip test. But when we had a little bit more snow, I've been rocking um, some North Face boots. But other than that, I did pull out uh, Air Max 1 Atmos, uh, that Tiger camo pair. And also rock the white on white Air Force One low, the Supreme pair. That was pretty much it. And again, like I said, no pickups for me. I've been trying to be good. So that's pretty much it for my week. Aren't we all? (laughs) 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 I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the wear test on those Air Maxes, Kev. Material wise, you know, great material, obviously, for like water and slush and, and whatever. And I think that's what it was built for. In terms of grip, though, no, it's still regular Air Max 1. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, probably not uh, recommended for slippery weather and things like that. But, you know, my trek to the office in Toronto isn't that bad. So I wasn't really walking too, too much in the slush. But it's nice to know that, it, it, you know, it keeps your feet. Uh, dry though that was more my thought process i, I figured the traction wasn't going to be very good it's no crap traction is terrible <laughs> <laughs> they hold up nicely interesting because I've, I've been thinking about wearing my pair recently but i haven't quite got around to wearing it yet so i'm uh interesting definitely interesting because i'm uh i'm starting to get the marking on the right foot from my dr- from driving oh yeah yeah the the, uh, the back heel part or whatever no on like right on the inside by the uh like the big toe there Oh, okay. Yeah, from the pedal. Yeah, from the pedal. So I've kind of been thinking, I'm like, "Hmm, should I take it on a wet day and just kind of clean it up a little bit, maybe? (laughs) Use the rain and slush to sort of wash away the the mark. And I know I could just use like Jason Mark or some kind of other product like that to get Mm -hmm. it off. But, you know, my thought process was we'll use the snow to clean it off. That'll that'll work. Uh, usually would work, but maybe not in Toronto. That snow is not clean there. It's uh, no, pretty well, dirty. And not now. Today was a, was a real yeah. slushy day, yeah. so I don't know about that. But <laughs> nice. Good week, Kev. Juan, what about you? Before I start, I think Nick and Paige, you guys must be a vibe because uh, Rich drove all the way to y'all. You know, he doesn't go to every shop. And I know, especially when Rich and I talk about shops, it's like 
he'll make his way there if he like likes the vibe and he you guys ha- must have like great stuff too so let me give you all that and normally rich would shout out our guest towards the end but since he's not here i'm gonna just shout y'all out now before i uh, talk anything about anything else other than that still waiting for package that kev shipped to me i want you guys to see it potentially maybe like another one or two pairs from the same person been looking it's a decent list so there's a couple of pairs there that might uh come to me his list it consists of like nine and a half and ten so that's why a lot of the nine and a halfs are off my board because i wear size 10 10 and a half so a lot of the size 10s are intriguing to me and Mm -hmm. uh when we work out prices are pretty fair especially the the thing that kev sent me we worked out like a really really good price so that's that for whereas i remember now i was talking about those thermal balls i wore them because there's some snow on the ground here in jersey but i still kind of don't care so i still wear my regular sneakers i wore the um Jordan 1 black and white, 85 high. Infrared 23, Jordan 3, Trev, you know, our usual. And uh, City Market Dogs, man. I love those things. It has been a slow week or so a slow month for all of us. The weather has been terrible out here. There's just not like there's just no reason to be wearing sneakers. Yeah. And dude, I didn't travel for two weeks, but next week I'm going to be traveling. So y'all, I'll probably have a bigger rotation next week. Oh, it's terrible here as well, man. It's gross. Like, Waterloo's been getting snow, like, every single day. Slushy everywhere. I can't wear anything. Like, it's not leather. (laughs) And that takes out so much of the collection, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. (laughs) There's there's not a lot going on in terms of wares. (laughs) We're going to ask you guys anyways, what what have you worn in the last week? And maybe your last pickup, maybe not pickup this week, but anything. What was the last pickup for both of you? I think my daily wear has been my Terror Squad Air Force Ones. Especially in the winter time, like I've been wearing those like daily. I'll probably pick up another pair of those because they're still so cheap. They're like basically at retail price. Mm-hmm. Those, my black off-white Air Force Ones, that's like an absolute like beater for me. Like I've worn those like almost daily as well. Those are like two like great winter shoes, easy to clean. What else? Shadow 2018s, like another like destroyed pair of mine that I wear on like a pretty much daily basis. And my black and white 2014 ones. Yeah, those are actually getting restored right now, but I would be wearing those as well. It's a great rotation. And then my wares of this week have pretty much just been the certified Loverboy Air Force One because those are kind of my daily beater now. I made the mistake of wearing my Euros, my off-white Jordan 1 Euros once this week, and that was really cold and a bad decision (laughs) in the snow. Regret that. And then other than that, I... Yeah, I also wore the Shadow one lows this week oh nice yeah you. any pickups recently i don't really think so not for you well i feel like the shadow lows those were the last pickup of mine snipe goes for a super good deal the 2015 or 2016 shadow lows it's like impossible to come by we've both been trying to complete it ourselves but got those for i think like 150 in her size which is a super good deal what no way that's crazy deal i've worn once like OG all everything. So that was a crazy deal for sure. Yeah. My recent pickups. Hmm. I actually went through my closet today and picked out a few pairs to sell. It was the Powerpuff Girls. I had the green pair. Oh, nice. I decided I'm going to sell them. I had them sitting on my shelf for like a month, but um, I just don't think I'll ever wear them, honestly. Yeah. Not for you. Yeah. Like, I like, they're a cool concept, but I just can't just like undressing them when I'd rather like sell a couple of pairs and like put it towards some stuff I really want. Yeah. That's fair. That Shadow One, though. That Shadow One Low. Because they're they're gonna re-release that one too, right? Like yeah. I think they're coming out again, but yeah. it doesn't have that swoosh, the one that you have, the the big, the OG looking swoosh. Yeah. That's that's what does it. Which pairs of the Shadow Lows do, or what pairs of the 2016 Lows do we have? 
you have Chicago's and Shadows. Yeah. I have the Chicago Shadows and Breads often the same ones. Oh, nice. Yeah. Some of the best shoes, especially in the summertime. I just like golf in them. Like they're easier, Yeah. easier shorts. I have the golf shadow lows as well, but like easiest wears in like the summertime. Oh, Yeah. so easy. And there's such a, how do you, uh, Nick, uh, you, you said you had the golf ones. I'm a, I'm I have a, a golf I have the person. golf. I was golfing my Chicago's all summer. And he stained them. And I stayed because I always put Oh, no. so like like the grass would be super wet, so like it would start it started staining them really badly by the end of the season. Like I don't know if you can even see now, but like the back of them is like all like turning like yellow. This is after Yeah. they got oxidized, but like yeah, they was not good to my shoes. And <laughs> I think I think gave me a shadow low for like one eighty brand new the golf ones. nice, nice. But like they're honestly amazing. They're so comfy and like you can totally wear them. I gave my dad the Chicago golfs. And he golfs in them and just like wears some cash. It's like kind of like the best of both worlds. It's honestly so crazy. I'm, I'm a golfer too, so I, and I've got Yeah. the shadows as well. And I have the like the Jordan Four, the white cement pair, and How it's are, how still. are those? You know what? It's better than a regular Jordan, but it's Yeah. still a Jordan Four, so it's tight Yeah. on the Yeah, it's tight still on the I've toes. had the militaries and like it's just it's not a golf shoe. Like golf is a sport of like lots of standing on your feet and walking all day and like Jordan Four is our net for that, honestly, especially on the golf course. Yeah, and I mean, to some extent, you, you have that with a lot of shoes that we wear as well, right? Like, so you can argue that any of the fours really aren't great walking shoes on this Yeah. on the same point as well, right? So, but I totally, it's you're right. Like, a lot of times if I wear those, I'm in a cart. So I know I don't have to be like, yes, For I'm sure. on my feet, I but I'm not on my feet as much. Yeah. Um, the Jordan 1s, They're it's... so comfy. It's crazy. Like, I, I almost think that, like, I don't know if you guys have had worn a free run before, or like I have. at least put one on your foot, right? But I find they feel like that, and I, I can't understand why. Yeah, they're, I don't know. They're so comfy. Like, Jordan 1 lows, especially if it's 2016 pack, is, like, Yeah. I've had, like, every shoe pretty much you can imagine. Like, that was probably one of the most comfortable shoes I put on. They are. Yeah. I live in my Chicago lows in the summer. And all of our pairs are, like, quite worn in. So, like, like when they're really broken in like that, they're so easy and comfortable to wear. Yeah, I have a couple of the ones from uh, this year, and same thing. Like, they are super, super comfy to wear still. There's so many Jordans that you need to break in. Those ones are just, like, basically right off the rip. They're good to go. yeah yeah even like my shadow lows they're in a size and a half smaller than I typically take and like even just one lows fits so big that like you can get away with going a half size or even a full size like down Trev uh, was uh, back then. He uh, got me a pair for fifty bucks. The Royals. Yeah. Oh, that's lucky. Yeah. Funny story with Chicago is last year and maybe even like almost two years ago now. Yeah. I was in the store and some kid came in and he was looking to sell a pair of Chicago Lows in a size, I think, six or seven years, which is her size. And he got them at the L and I think I got them for like 50 bucks in the store. I'm happy that people like them. I'm happy y'all talking about the lows because I used to be like one of few that wore them back then. And that's why when Trev saw them, he thought about me. And I'm like, yeah, man, all day. I'll take it. Like, I'm still but I'm hunting glad for y'all are doing that, man. I love it. That was an outlet pickup, right, one? The Trev, Yeah. you got those at the Yeah. outlet Yeah. or Trev something? texted me when he was like in Niagara or something. And I was like, I almost told him, yo, I need like two pairs so I could like have two to just beat up. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's crazy, right? Because you walk into the outlet and it's like, there's a full size run of them, like every size. And like, you had your pick, they all had lids. Most of them were still wrapped, like pristinely. Which, like, obviously, it's not a big deal when you're buying a pair of sneakers, right, for 50 bucks. But, you know, like, when you have the option to, like, go through a couple and be like, oh, this has never even been touched yet. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> you know.
just proves how unpopular they were in 2016 yeah. when they released that. Like, that's, yeah, no one exactly. wanted a pair of lows no matter what, and no one even tried them on and touched them in a warehouse. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, I mean, hey, I, I I was in the same boat, right? Like, I used to think one lows were like. Honestly, awful. I was in the same boat as well, though. Like, it took me. But I think that Travis Scott, like, doing the lows, like, kind of oh, yeah. made them. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Travis definitely brought the lows, like, yeah, into popularity. Yeah. Even sure. though, I think Travis bought the 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 lows in for dunks as well, though. Yeah. yeah. He just brought in like Nike low top sneakers being cool and popular again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. I agree Sometimes that. that's all it is, right? Like you see yeah. someone wearing something and you they've worn it a way that you didn't think was going to look good. And then you start seeing people wearing it. And you're like, oh, that is actually kind of nice. Like I can definitely pull that off, right? Sure. Especially in the summertime too. Like one highs aren't the ideal shoe in the summertime, at least in my opinion. Like one lows are just way more comfortable and like cooler in the summer. Totally agree. I am a big fan of the retro basketball shorts in the summer. The one highs aren't too bad when you do like the like the crew cut socks with it, but totally agree when you're going out and like you're not wearing basketball shorts it's you know it's not all the time (laughs) it's it's not the ideal shoe that's for sure for sure yeah outlets are crazy back in the day i'm actually selling another pair there's a storm blues but that was another like same era shoe that no one ever wanted same with the metallic packs oh yeah 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 Yeah. no one cared about when they released and now everyone it's like they're like i think i checked on stock x i was listing them today i think they were like seven to like nine hundred dollars depending on the size it's insane yep yeah yep. there's a couple of bears that kind of did that black cats were one of those too i, I want to say beller fives or at least one of them the one one of them was kind of sitting for a little bit too but i don't know there's a couple of pairs that kind of like right off the bat nobody really wanted them and then all of a sudden you couldn't get them anymore and then everybody wanted them sale ones is my sale favorite one yeah, that I, sale ones. Yeah. Yeah. I actually regret like not getting those i've never seen those on clearance i still like if a 12 came in like for a good price i probably would keep them i had the black pair that released at the same time and i got them from the outlet that was my first pair of jordans yeah, yeah. Cool. even yeah. shadows at the time in 2018 they still weren't really reselling yes you're right i got two pairs of them and yeah, they were on nike, retail. nike. I, think I sold it for under retail when i was in high school just because i needed money right and, yeah yeah right? That was 20. This the shadows was that was 2018. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that was the first shoe that came out after I left Foot Locker. <laughs> and I was so disappointed. I'm like, man, I should have stayed an extra week. Like, I could, I got them at the store. I could have guaranteed my pair. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to go line up somewhere. Honestly, they were like literally sitting at retail. You, you could probably even scoop some used pairs right after, even below retail. I ended up getting them on Nike.ca, I think it was as well. I, yeah. I, I struck out in store and then I scored them online. So awesome. Good week, guys. I'll finish it off and it'll be light for me. No pickups yet either. We've been going strong. We've been we've been we've been good the last what four weeks, Kev? Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, I've I've had a few non-sneaker related pickups, so I can't really say, but yes, I mean, for the most part, you know, I th- I think Christmas was a rough one for for a lot of people. So, you know, just trying to take it easy. I know there's a lot of things coming up February. I know people want those fours yeah. that are coming out. You know, March is always big for us with Air Maxes. So, you know, I always tried to kind of hold off in January so that that way, like February and March doesn't feel so bad when I'm just grabbing maybe like three, four pairs in a month yep. or something. Nope, valid, <laughs> valid, but it's it sucks, sucks for the content, right? Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I don't have anything to share, but I'll probably have more to share in March when uh, Air Max month rolls around. Yes. Okay, so where's for me this week? Air Max 90 infrareds, wore those a lot. Air Jordan 3 infrared 23s, wore those a lot as well, Juan. Air Jordan 1 bread toes, 
Went okay. to a Raptors game last week, so busted those out. Mm-hmm. Air Jordan 4 Oreos. Oh, okay. Black Oreo or Black Oreo? Yeah. Black Oreo. Good ones. Yeah, I don't even think I have the box for them anymore, so they just sit in my closet. Just like, that's the rain, snow, sleet, whatever shoe, right? Like, just... Winter boot. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, they yeah. mesh on them, so they're perfect. Yeah, exactly. They're, like, uh, hard to get that with a four, right? So, and then I wore my Air Max 90 Bacons. Slept on. Oh, you. nice. Okay. Yes, very slept on. I was surprised it was so easy to get those, and they weren't more... They're still going for under retail, I think, to this day. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at one point they were so, so sought after. And I don't even think Nike made big numbers on those either. But hey, all good with me. I want my pair for free. So I'll, I'll take that. There you go. Dope. That, that was my week. Good week, Trev. Well, I guess we'll, we'll we'll have some more stuff, I'm sure, to talk about in terms of pickups in future months. Rich usually has something to usually pick some stuff up from either, you know, Vintage Meets Hype or, you know, another store. Or he's always trading to get other he's, stuff, too. He says every year that he's being good, that he's, you know, he's cutting down the collection. <laughs> he's, you know, not buying much anymore. And then <laughs> and the next thing you know, he's like, well, you know what? I was in Waterloo and this is what I grabbed from the guys at Vintage Meets Hype. But uh, speaking up? of Vintage Meets Hype, we have Nick and Paige. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. We always love to talk to new shop owners, you know, especially in Ontario. And I've never been to your shop, so I apologize. I will make it out there at some point. But we should uh, just get in a little bit about where your guys' sneaker journeys began. So tell us a little bit about what started you in sneakers, like what kind of models, colorways, and brands got you into sneakers? Well, I think I kind of got into sneakers when I was like 15 or 16. I'm 23 now and favorite shoes first jordan ever was bread 2016s like my all-time like grail love those like it's like i still have the original pair that i bought when i was like 16 or 17 years old you got it when it released in 2016 yeah. nice like my all-time favorite shoe like house is burning down that's the one t- shoe i'm taking <laughs> you know, it's probably not worth anything now the 85s is what you would probably take yeah yes. oh yeah. he's got the 85s too of the bread yeah, yeah the, and the okay. shoe Oh, that's what's back there. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. I do wear those on the odd time. But then White Cement 4 is like my next favorite shoe of all time. 2016 pair. I had a pair of Zebra Yeezys, like probably my second pair of shoes. I think I spent like $750 on them. Well, when they first came out, that's what they were going for. They actually were going for more than that, right? So that was a time. I mean, everyone remembers that. Those good old days. Yeah. 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 But I'd say like definitely the 2016 breads were like my go-to like favorite pair of all time yeah i think definitely got me into shoes and got me collecting after that it was the royals and the shadows and like trying to get all the ones what about you yeah Paige. yeah so my first pair was uh the triple black ones that i got from the outlet and oh yeah yeah right yeah from there i ended up getting a pair of 2016 royals um or 2017 sorry I have the 2016 on my mind because you're just talking about brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got them off of Marketplace for literally like $60. That was like a good Marketplace snipe that got me into shoes in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then after that, once I got my Royals, my grail for some reason was the top three Jordan ones. I don't know why, but I was like just obsessed with them and... I spent months searching for a pair and I finally got one, but they ended up being so small and I couldn't wear them. They were like four and a half and I wear a six youth. So like, (laughs) oh man, I would make my feet really bleed putting them on, but I just (laughs) wanted to wear them so badly. We've all had those. We've all had those pairs. Yeah. For sure. Nines for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then um, 
I was really into 11s too. So I got a pair of, oh my gosh, what are they even called? The lows that I had, the 11 lows. Barons. Barons. Oh my gosh. Mm, I, I hate yeah. them now. But, <laughs> but those shoes got me into 11s. And then from there, it was like Space Jam's Concords. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It started my collection. But it was pretty much for both of you guys, it was Jordan's. That's what caught your eye and a Yeezy here and there, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but how about, I mean, you mentioned that it was like in high school. So when you guys were like 16 years old or whatever the case was, what was everybody else in school wearing too? Was it also Jordan ones? Was it Yeezys? Like what was, no, no one was into sneakers as well, just like, you guys. Only kids in high school that had like Jordan, Jordans, like Yeezys, like Supreme, like anything that was kind of like part of the culture, I guess I, you could say at the time. Yeah, I'm from a really small town. Like, so I'm from Stratford and no one wore Jordans at all. Like, I was the only person that had Jordans. Yeah, because I mean, like, a lot of people would say like, oh, yeah, you know, like my friends would rock this or, you know, this person would inspire me or, you know, influence me. But I guess in your cases, you guys were the trendsetters. You guys had the, yes, the new yeah. stuff and, and, and that sort of thing. So that's pretty dope, too. So I guess maybe some people were looking to you guys for some, you know, fashion inspiration, sneaker yeah, inspiration. I thought we were crazy. Yeah. And they thought you were crazy. <laughs> well, just spending so much oh, money on shoes. Like people were like, oh, man, you spend like $400, $500 on like a pair of shoes and like you're wearing them every day or whatever. I'm like. It did. It wasn't popular at the time to be spending like a lot of money on shoes, like 2017 era. Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the mass population wasn't grabbing like three, four, five hundred dollar pairs of shoes. Like, yeah. it was like Nike Outlet or whatever Full Locker had on its shelves. Like, unless you were really into sneakers, you weren't spending money on shoes. Yeah. Like, I remember my parents thought that I was absolutely crazy. Like, because my Royals that like were the marketplace fine. I made them drive all the way to Woodstock, like to go pick those up. Obviously at the time I didn't have my license. We picked them up and anytime that I wore them, I remember my dad would always, or if I was with him and people were complimenting my shoes, like I would have a bunch of people come up and compliment my shoes and he would be like, are those shoes like something like super special? Like why do <laughs> I keep like talking about your shoes? Like, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, yeah reason i wanted you to drive me to woodstock to get these like there you go yeah it's one of those yeah it's like when you're immersed in the culture that's something that you're passionate about you understand but yeah i've got family members i've got co-workers i've got friends that not nearly as into sneakers as you know we are we can talk about it for days but when they see you with sneakers or know how much you've spent on them they're just kind of like in shock. Like, why would you spend that much on sneakers? Or especially the times that you're talking about, you know, 2016, 2017 era, pre-Yeezy days almost, right? I want to say everything was around like five, 600. And that was a lot for a sneaker. And then once the Yeezys rolled around, $1,000 sneakers were like yeah. everywhere. Like that was Outer a thing. Box, turtle Dove, Zebra. Right. Exactly. That was like when it became acceptable. Like honestly, Kanye kind of started it. Obviously the Red Octobers beforehand, but those are so limited. You never really saw anyone actually having those. But once like the Adidas, like Yeezy started coming out, he almost made it like acceptable to spend like a thousand dollars on a pair of shoes, I'd say. Exactly yeah. my point. Yeah. Like there were so many pairs that I passed up at $500, whether it was Dunks or some Jordans. And back then I was thinking, oh, I would never spend that on sneakers or whatever. And then now you look at the prices and you're like, oh, I would spend that in a heartbeat for that same pair. Right. Knowing how much they cost now. The worst yeah. thing you can do now is go through like your old Grailed likes or your old like Facebook saves. Like mm -hmm. I remember um, seeing so many pairs of shoes, like 
I remember seeing breads that were like for 130 and at the time I was like oh that's too expensive I don't want to buy those but oh. then like now I'm like I would scoop those up in a minute like yeah yeah how did I not yeah <laughs> it's, it's funny I remember when the the Sean Witherspoons came out the 97 ones and I wanted them and I at the time I let my assistant go get them and he actually won a raffle downtown it was, it was I was happy I was like ah it's okay like I, I'll, I'll pick them up again if I I remember having the opportunity to buy them for, I want to say it was 500 bucks. And I was like, oh God, that's so expensive. No, I don't want to spend that money on it. Fast forward seven, eight years later, I ended up spending 1200 So yeah, like, <laughs> it's, like it's always 2020. One of my favorite shoes of all time. Like I literally have like the Sean Witherspoon, like I'm not sure you've ever seen his like ankle tattoo. It says like round two. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I have like, the exact same tattoo of like our shop name and like everything. So like, oh, that's dope. dope. One of my like favorite shoes of all time. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, definitely a, an instant classic when they came out. And like Trev said, prices when they first dropped, I remember that Air Max month when they dropped, you could see prices. People were just trying to do a quick flip, 550 650 depending on size, something like that. And you're just like, whoa, that's a lot of money. But you know, you look back now and it's probably double the price now, unfortunately. It yeah. is double the price. Not, yeah. not maybe. Yes. Yeah. Or like 15 plus depending on size for the most part now. Right. Right. Yeah. So, well, I know uh, Paige is from Stratford, essentially no sneaker culture there. Nick, are you born and raised in Waterloo or where are you from? It's what was... like Waterloo, same thing. Yeah, right? KW. Yeah. yeah, the KW yeah. area. So in terms of like just the community in general, was like nobody like rocking sneakers? Like how did that become something that you were interested in? There was people that like, there's a couple people in high school that say they had Jordans. Like there was one kid I remember that was my age, basketball player. We would always talk about sneakers. I still actually know him to this day, but he was kind of like one of the only other guys that was like copping shoes. And that was mostly because of his older brother. His older brother was a little older and he had a bunch of Jordans and Kobe's and like they're both basketball players. So they always had like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But not really. Honestly, it was probably like social media. Yeah, and like just like right. seeing Jordans popping up on like Instagram and like I was always watching YouTube videos like early to sneaker YouTube. So yeah. it was stuff like that that was probably like inspiring me. Plus like obviously like Jordans and like just like watching Jordan play like highlights and stuff like that, like wanting the shoes. Yeah, dope. And you're right. Like I think depending on generation and era and that sort of thing, like social media, you know, you have so much access to just seeing your favorite celebrities, you know, people that you follow, different communities. So the sneaker community became so much smaller with social media because you can connect with people across the world. I'm sure people message your store account, your personal accounts and things like that, that, you know, don't live in the same country or maybe even the same continent for that matter. Right. And uh, you know, you can connect that way. So I like what social media has done and it's able to, for you guys to make a space that you have in Waterloo. But let's talk a little bit about what your collections are because, you know, you've been collecting for seven years now you have a shop now, which is amazing, but what does your collection now in seven years since the time when you got your bread ones, what does it look like now? What uh, are, are the pairs that, you know, some of your favorite pairs or more unique pairs in your collection? Well, I showed you my bread 85s. Like that's probably like, that's like the Holy grail. For mm -hmm. sure. I mean, kind of just name off yeah, everything. We're sitting in front of our. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> looking up everything. You're on the shoe shelf right now. That's what we're looking yeah. <laughs> Off-white Chicago's. I actually just put aside my off-white UNC's. I think I'm going to part ways with them. Oh, my okay. favorite shoe, honestly. Like, I have the 2015 UNCs, and I just, okay. something about the off white UNCs, like, I always wanted them, but it's just like, I don't know. The way they yellow, it's not that I don't buy, like like yellowing. It's just, I, I just feel like the are way better, and so are the Euros. Yeah, I agree. And putting on the 2015 UNCs, like, that shoe is just so, so clean to me that I'd always grab those before the, the 
off white. Yeah. Nigel Sylvester ones, one of my favorite shoes. Oh yeah, that's a that's good, a good too. easy wear. Twenty fifteen Chicago's like another like super staple. Twenty sixteen Breads, obviously. Twenty fifteen OG Shattered Backboards, the most comfortable Jordan one ever. Twenty seventeen Royals, Pine Green one point Another sleeper pair that I don't really see anyone ever have is these, the Alili Maze. Oh, the Alili Maze. We just I talked love... about those last week. Yes. That's up here. I'm definitely going to add to my collection at some point. I'm not sure if you've seen the insole. I'm not even sure if it's going to pick up on camera, but it's like quilted I, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I know too. Yeah, the details and the, and the quality of materials on those, such an amazing shoe. Beautiful. 2018 Shadows, Phantom, Travis Lowe's. Definitely my favorite Travis Lowe of, out of all of them. The black sure. one, yeah. Yeah, Chicago, Bread, Shadow, all the 2016 lows. Talked about those. Mm -hmm. 2018 White Cements, the White Cement Reimagines, All Manier Jordan 3s, Pure Money 4s, White Cement 4s, Green Metallics, the Gray Cause 4s, the Sail Off-White 4s, the OVO Raptor 4s, Black Hats, Bread 2019s, Metallic Black 5s, Sean's Yellow Grateful Deads, Travis SBs. Definitely Travis's best shoe out of everything. No, No question, I think. The SBs? Great pair too, yeah. Black Off-White Air Forces, Terror Squads, Babes does, CLB Forces, Rockefeller Air Forces, one of the best Air Forces of all time. Oh, so, yes. So yeah, yeah. Sail, Travis, Air Forces, another sick pair. Don't ever wear those because they're so easy to screw up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Off-White Blazer, the OG-10, Prestos, OG-1s, and what else is even there? You have a Miri Skeletal. Oh, a couple, couple pairs of designer shoes, a couple pairs of Chrome Hearts Converse. Other than that's really it. Man, great collection. I was going to say, like, the Jordan 1, like, you're speaking Juan's language. Juan is a huge Jordan 1 guy. Like, this guy's all about Jordan 1s. And I feel like that first bit that you were running off your Jordan 1s, Juan was, like, probably drooling or, like, you know, I could he could relate, you know, like, that's his like, collection, too. But awesome collection. You just got rid of Storm Blues or, like, you're yeah. going to sell them. When I put it, I have a little pile of stuff beside me. I put away my Kobe 11 All-Star the Northern Lights, I'm going to sell those. Never really get to wear them. They're kind of a size big for hooping, so I can't really wear them. Black Toe, 2016s. I just don't find myself grabbing them compared to my breads, my Chicago Off-Whites, or my Chicago 2015s. The Off-White UNCs I mentioned, and then the Storm Blues as well. Like Same with Blue Jordan 1s. I'm going to grab my Royals and my UNCs before the Storm Blues. So Right. Yeah, yeah. Wow, some good pairs you're letting go to. What, sorry, you, you said you're a size 12? I'm like uh, 12 to a 13. 12 and a half is his perfect size, but obviously we all know how impossible I don't think- that is. Uh, yeah, those are, I don't even know if many runs do a 12 and a half either. Like yeah, nowadays, rarely. they rarely do a 12. And, blazer. and like that was just a random go pickup that just, I found a 12 and a half for the best price. So yeah, yeah. sometimes it, like every once in a while, there is one camp. Like I, I think I have one 12 and a half in my entire collection. Yeah, yeah. And literally, true. there was no twelve or thirteen, only twelve and a half and a half available in an Air Max. And I was like, "Well, I've never tried twelve and a half before, <laughs> but I, I never have the option to go half size up. I always have to go half size down or full size up." So yeah, yeah, heck not. Yeah, yeah. His collection ranges from an eleven and a half to a thirteen. Yeah, like, yep. oh. yeah. You just yeah. got to make yeah. it work sometimes. Yeah, yep. I think I have one eleven. <laughs> yeah, I do have one eleven. These are an eleven. Oh, and an SB two. You had to go down a size in SBs. Yeah, Man, now those must be tight. <laughs> those are tight. I've only worn them once or twice, but that was one of the shoes I had to have. Like I could never sure. find twelve in those for a decent price. Yeah, my Air Max one of the sixes are an eleven for the same reason. I found yeah. a great deal on an eleven, and I just can't find a twelve, so I had to make it work. Yeah, beggars can't be choosers when it comes to shoes like that, especially in a size twelve. Is such a hard size to come by. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
And Paige, how about you? Like, uh, I know your your collection started with that that all black Jordan one. How has that grown now? So I I quickly sold those. Um, Actually, I regret that a lot selling those. But I have the Chicago Lowe's, the Shadow Lowe's. I have the Travis Scott Olive Lowe's. And then the Travis Scott Phantom Lowe's. I live in Lowe's. Like, Mm -hmm. those are my babies. Mm -hmm. And then I have the 2016 Breads. I have the Satin Black Toes. So those were one of my biggest, like, grails, like, when I first got into shoes. I remember on release day of those I tried so hard to get a pair and I couldn't so mm-hmm. I don't even wear those like I don't love a black toe I would prefer a bread toe but it's just like one of those things if it's your grail like just having it in the you get, yes yeah you want to just have it in posi- in your possession of course yeah. that shoe used to be worth so much money and now yeah. they're like not worth anything and also like all my shoes are gs like they're not worth the amount of money as a size 12. A men's. Yeah, right yeah yeah a men's version sure yeah no point in selling them really I have 2015 Chicago's. I have the satin shattered backboards. Um, obviously, those are a woman's release. And then the Royals. I have a pair of top threes. I have the 2014 black and whites. And then I have the off-white Euros. I actually traded my off-white UNCs and added cash for those. And it was a great decision because those are I think so too. I like the Euros. The Euros are super clean. So nice. Maybe a lot of people might think the UNCs just because the, the 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 UNC blue. A lot of people like that, but I'm with you guys. Like the Chicago's or the Euros, far greater than they're just UNCs. more wearable. Honestly, yeah. the UNC blue is just not the right UNC blue on the off white one. Yeah, like yes. at, like looking at like this is like the true UNC blue in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like this is like I don't know the best like baby blue Jordan like ever. Right, the Jordan one high. Yep. It's yeah. just not the same color, yeah. And I just feel like when you see anyone wearing off-white Jordan ones, you I feel like the UNC is the most common. Obviously, like it's the most it's affordable, the most affordable pair out yeah. of the three. Yeah. I just think it's really loud. And like personally, like him and I both wear a lot of black. Like that's like we wear neutrals. So having a shoe that's like is that loud, like the plastic just... toe box also sucks on the off-white UNCs. The what? Sorry. The toe box, how it's like kind of like that weird plastic material that you can't clean every like once something gets oh, underneath. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Air Max one with mesh toe boxes are are similar in terms of cleaning it. You can't clean it. I hear you. Yeah, I just didn't find myself wearing them, and it's funny. So I picked up those on the day that Virgil passed away. Oh. And he picked up the blazers on the day of because we were like, oh my gosh, this is going to shoot the market up like so much. Like, yeah. if we want these shoes, like, we better get them like now, mm-hmm. now or never. It's kind of ironic looking back on that now. <laughs> yeah. Like, that day happened. We weren't buying them to resell. No. It was just like shoes that were kind of on our radar. And then, like, once that tragic day happened, like, you wanted to like kind of jump on anything because you knew the market was going to spike and like you were never going to probably obtain any of these shoes. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that was what happened with a lot of stuff. On back to probably below when he passed i'd say on a lot of them yeah kind of fluctuated back down yeah honestly like to off-white chicago's i think go for less than when he passed like less than prior yeah, yeah. oh is that right hmm. honestly the sneaker market's just so down it's a lot weird. of those a lot of those higher end shoes have kind of just fallen in value yeah i've seen a lot and then you talked about jordan ones too like you know i had a such a high market value and then it kind of just has dropped a little bit i think a lot to do with trends too and i'm sure you guys see it a lot in your store fours are really hot right now people want fours those are going up in price whereas the ones you know maybe not so much anymore but yeah i guess getting back to pages collection i know you so you traded for the unc uh sorry the euro off-white ones any other memorable sneakers in your collection there 
Yeah, I have the Shadow Highs as well. I have the Ama Manier 3s, the Reimagined White Cement 3s, and then the Black Cement 3s. I have Pure Money 4s, which my goal is to try to get a pair of the men's Pure Money 4s because the GS ones just like they don't hit the same. The mm-hmm. plastic mm-hmm. is just not it. Yeah. And then I have the Green Metallic 4s, the White Cement 4s. I have Military 4s, like the Black Military 4s. And then I have Off Noir Union 4s. Those were like a grail for the longest time. And I still want the Guavas as well. But I'm super happy to have those in the collection. And then I have Black Cat 4s, which I got those for retail, luckily. I went to this random mall in Toronto and they ended up getting a late shipment of them after they were sold out everywhere. So ended up getting those for retail, which was nice. (laughs) <laughs> Love those stories. Yes. Yeah. I have bread fours and then I have Oreo fours, like the black Oreo fours. I have infrared sixes, both the white and the black. And then I have Space Jam 11s and Concord 11s. That's all on my shelf here. But then another pair that I wear a lot is my Stussy Air Force Ones in the cream. The lows? Um, yeah, the lows. And then Yeezy 500s in the um, the black, like if it's honest. Utility, Utility black, yeah. What else? Bapes does CLB Air Forces. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and for winter, the, the slippers. Mule. Yeah, the mules. Those yeah, are my thermo ball mules. Love those. Yeah. yeah, man, great collections for you know. I mean, for yeah. for, for for people that have just started, I would say you're fairly new in terms of collecting. Like you know, seven years is not a long time. You guys got to have, have great collections, but. Is there anything that you're on the hunt for still? Like, is there something that, like, you mentioned a lot of grails, you've obtained your grails, they're in your shoe closet right now, but is there something that, you know, is always eluding you or something that, you know, is just on your watch list, on your grailed list and all that stuff that you're constantly looking for that maybe one day you'll add to the collection? A lot of older stuff for me, honestly, it's just hard stuff to find. Like, I'd really want a pair of Cactus Plant Flea Market Air Force Ones, one of my all-time favorite shoes. I cannot seem to find a pair of those for a reasonable price. Other than that, like, I don't even know. You what want I... the Stussy um, SBs. The Stussy Cherry SBs, Heineken oh, SBs. Okay. Both of those two pairs like crazy unobtainable, honestly. Like, I've never yeah. seen them. Like, if one pair, like, kind of just like not avidly looking for them. If someone I know or another store locally pops them up mm-hmm. for a decent price, used, then definitely. But nothing I'm really kind of after. I pretty much have obtained like everything I really want. Military Blues, when they released this year, is definitely like a must cop. But yeah, and I mean, in a size 12, the ones that you're talking about, like a, a Stussy Cherry, for example, if you were to find one in a size 12, a decent condition, you're like, I don't know, that sounds like, a, you know, five racks for that shoe, you know, something like yeah, that, at least in your I, size. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like, I think I've seen, I regret it. You know, at yeah. much of you guys know SB Freak, I'm sure you guys have heard yep. of him. Yeah. He had an 11 and a half at Soul Exchange, I think, last year. And I super regret not picking it up. I think it was like $1,500. He reached out to you after Soul Exchange too. And it just was a bad time for us. Like something had happened recently financially. So you were like, no, like I'm I'm not going to pick them up. But then I regret yeah, it. You regret that it. was like oh, definitely yeah. one that like I waited too long on and bad timing. And I just couldn't pick them up. And I was like yeah. upset yeah. about that for sure. Yeah. For me, man, I just, I really want pure money is in a men's size <laughs> that's like that's a must but... i'm sure you guys know what she's talking about just on like grade school yeah. like the fours i have like the dark gray plastic it's not like the shiny pure like yeah. money on the men's pairs yeah. Yeah. yeah but realistically like i would love the anniversary pair just because the tumbled leather is so much nicer on them good point yeah uh, i want the guava fours i want the travis fragment lows 
that's a grail that I want. <laughs> yeah, it's another trap. Wow, I mean, your collection's pretty nice so far. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to hear that you still have something that you're looking to obtain. Kind of keeps that sort of that hunt going as well. For but sure. I think you guys, you know, have a little bit of an advantage because you do have a store, right? So I want to talk a little bit about the shop because, you know, we mentioned it's in Waterloo, and Nick already mentioned that you know sneaker culture. You know, back when you were growing up it was non-existent, right? Like I don't, you know, yeah, hear of a lot of people that say, oh, I'm going to go to this Waterloo for the sneaker scene, right? But it's great that you guys have opened up a shop there because there's obviously a need, you know, for sneakers wherever you are now in Ontario uh, or even globally and small places like, you know, I'm, I'm in Hamilton right now. You know, there's places like in Mississauga, just all over the GTA, really. They're popping up even in malls and things like that too, right? Yeah, but no matter where you are, every... Cities pretty much got a sneaker store now. There's very few cities I think that are still untapped to have Except a sneaker store. Stratford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, maybe in the next venture, <laughs> maybe yeah. the next venture. But I mean, it's great that you guys have opened the shop, opened up the community because it kind of shines a light on Waterloo. And uh, you know, I'm sure you know the reason that you've opened up a shop there. You know, mainly you grew up there. But there's uh, again, like I said, there's a need for sneakers everywhere, and I'm sure you know that community is grateful for you guys being there. But talk a little bit about how that shop, how how your shop, Vintage Beast Hype, uh, has evolved to what it is today. Like when you first started it, what was it like? And then how has it evolved to now? Well, I started it in... 2021. 2021, about two and a half years ago. During COVID. Right after COVID, we signed the lease. Well, I signed the lease. I kind of started it on my like very own. It was and during I, COVID. And I met Paige right when I was about to open the first store. And it was a 700 square foot store. It was really small. It was like very close to where we are in Waterloo now. It's just kind of on a side street. And it started off great. We had like a really successful run, like right off the jump. Lots yeah. of promotion into it. It didn't start off so successful off the jump though, because he originally signed the lease, I think in March then, because oh, yes. we met in April and it was COVID during this time. So mm-hmm. his original plan was to open up the shop in May of 2021. And of course, COVID kept pushing yeah. back that I had a lot of trouble, like, day. actually initially opening the store because at that point, like, you guys remember how crazy it was, like, couldn't go in. Lockdowns and things? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, that so, must have been tough. Like, people can't actually go out, right? <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Well, because I was really, like, panicking because, like, I just quit my job that I was working full-time and I had to pay the rent and I couldn't open. I had no website, obviously, at this point. And, like, I was, like, kind of just getting the ball rolling. So, it was, like, mm-hmm. a real shitty time for sure. But yeah. as soon as, like, we were able to open the first time, like, it was a hit right off the start. It had a pretty big lineup for the first day. Which is crazy because it was COVID still, like, under all of those restrictions <laughs> where you had to have social distancing and Right. Yeah. Yeah. Have a couple people Six in feet in between. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely good, though. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, like, what was your vision? Like, when you opened it, it was during COVID, not okay. a very popular time, obviously, that you just mentioned. So what was that vision? Like, we didn't even know if COVID was, like, how long it was going to last. So were the plans to, you know, have a website, do online, do, like, things like that as well yeah. on top? Or was it always going to be in-store? My sole plan was, like, you- at this point, like, I had been into clothes and shoes and stuff like that since, like, 2016-ish. 2015, 2016 is kind of when I got into it. I really started up with just thrifting and being into Jordans. So yeah. one of my friends that actually works with us full time, he's not obviously on the podcast with us, but he works full time with us. His name is Jamie. And we grew up and went to high school together and we started thrifting and kind of just like reselling shoes on the side. There was like a very like small side business. It was mostly just so I could find what I wanted. Right. It was like I buy a couple of things, flip them on Facebook, flip them on my small Instagram account I had at the time just to be able to like justify buying more shoes. Or if like I bought a pair, 
like the zebra yeezys wore them sold them funded the next pairs of shoes kind of thing right which is awesome because you know we often see at sneaker events younger and younger attendees now and a lot of the times you know people in my gen like you know i'm i'm an old i'm an old guy now right like we've seen you know sneakers in the 80s and the 90s and all that stuff too and you know it was like if i didn't have sneakers i would have to like beg my mom for sneakers or i had to save up you know my birthday money and christmas whatever to buy a pair of sneakers now you go to sneaker events and you have kids that are you know they're straight hustling they're like trading buying sneakers to flip so they can fund sneakers that they want right and it's almost become like you said like a side business to get the thing so they don't have to ask their parents for money for sneakers and things like that but you've turned that into a business which is amazing that's actually funny that you mentioned that the black hats so i was in college at the time and broke as hell and i remember calling my mom and begging her to send me money to buy those shoes (laughs) and she didn't understand it and i'm like please 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 like my one opportunity and now when i see her i'm like these are worth a thousand dollars now just yeah yeah investments right yeah yeah it was like another great thing on the parent aspect though parents are much more willing to spend huge money on shoes for their kids i've seen yeah which is like insane to me like i know growing up my parents would they thought that was a no no lie about how much i was paying for my shoes but like especially obviously having a story as well now like just like seeing parents like walk in like five six seven hundred dollars on pairs of shoes like i get scared to tell parents like the price of shoes yeah, they're like yeah, I'm looking yeah, for this yeah. i'm like oh, okay we have them but it's like six hundred dollars and they're yeah. like okay yeah that's fine i'm like oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> a lot different like, from what 12, we're used to 12 year olds i've seen it like kids they're like they're spending like this much bread on like parents that are like kids are gonna grow out of kind of thing and i'm like yeah. crazy. Yeah, Which is crazy sure. to think about, right? Because like when I was a kid, at least probably Kev is the same thing, right? You want a pair of shoes that's like $150, $160. And it's like, oh my God, no, I would yeah. never spend that much. Like max is like $80 to $100. Exactly. Yeah, an outlet. Sure, yeah, yeah. Buy one, get one half at Foot Locker, right? If it's not exactly. on the buy one, get one half, you're not getting but I mean, like your shop now, like you said, you guys have lots uh, of parents coming in, kids coming in, buying stuff. But, you know, how do you guys keep your store stocked? Like, what are you guys looking for? How are you guys procuring stuff? Uh, where are you getting the stuff to keep that inventory available in your shop? For sure. So, I mean, I kind of touched back a little bit. So the name Vintage Meets Hype, like the whole thought process opening the store was I love vintage clothing mm-hmm. and I love sneakers. And I was like in the streetwear as well, like Supreme, Bape at that time, like 2015 to 2017 was like kind of golden era of that stuff as well. Yeah. So the whole model, like I'd never really seen anyone do it on like a bigger scale. Omnis was one that I definitely were inspired by a little bit because they were kind of doing a lot of sneakers, streetwear and shoes. Yeah. The name Vintage Me Type was like kind of just pulling it all together and having a crazy selection of like affordable vintage clothing starting at like 20 to $40. And then like crazy vintage t-shirts upwards of a thousand as well as doing like the shoes, same thing, selling used and new Having like $100 pairs of shoes in store, having like $2,000 pairs of shoes in store and also carrying like archive streetwear and just like rare pieces like that as well, like Off-White, Babe, Supreme, like some designer stuff as well. So kind of like anything in between. Having like a diversity in products that can match anyone's budget was like one of your most like important aspects. Especially opening in Waterloo where everything was so untouched for pretty much vintage streetwear and shoes. It's kind of like a city where it hasn't really seen a lot of any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you were, if you wanted any of that stuff, you'd have to travel into Toronto or Hamilton, whatever the case was, you know, to go to places with shops already. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And, and like I mentioned before, you know, it's, 
I feel like every city is in need of some sort of fashion, streetwear, sneaker shop, whatever. And you see them popping up all the time. So it's great that you guys have that. But do you find yourselves still doing the thrifting? We'll touch on that. So for when it comes to thrifting, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. thrifting, like back when I was in high school, it was like Same. super, super easy. Like yeah. we would just kind of go in on our lunch and like you'd always be finding like great like 90s, like Jays, Raptors, like good stuff. That today yeah. is worth yeah. of money, but like most of the time now we're doing sourcing and like clothing warehouses, like recycling warehouses. Okay. We're buying a ton in store always as well. Yeah. Facebook, importing stuff from Japan. Like, oh, wow. pretty much anywhere you can imagine, like, if wherever I can find a good deal or a good item that's no one's going to see, like, mm-hmm. and that's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. Your, your key thing is, like, you always want to have those pieces that, like, kind of excite people to see. Conversation like, starters. Yeah, sure. conversation yeah, yeah. starters. But also those niche pieces that, like, you don't see every day. Being only 23, it's hard to get an older guy to come in and give us, like, give me at least the respect kind of like a lot of a lot of older collectors can sometimes be like a little stuck up walking in and seeing someone like my age behind the counter but like having like those like like when like an older guy can say like oh shit like that's insane i've never seen a pair of those in a store like that's always like something that gets a conversation started and gets them to appreciate kind of that we do know for instance like we do have a case a display case at the back of shoes that are just all og releases Mm -hmm. so we have some other 85s in the case. We have like the original release of the white cement fours. Like, yeah, I have like 90, um, 99 white cements, 99 breads, 06 metallic greens. White cements too. Yeah, I have a pair oh, of nice. wow. lights, lows signed by Scotty Pippen. I have a pair what? of game worn Quavo, Grinches, sign box, yes. everything. Whew. He yeah. wore in the celebrity all star games his 2v2 with two chains, yeah. Lil Baby, and Jack Harlow. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Um, we have galaxy foams yeah a pair of marty mcfly shoes that he wore in back to the future oh yeah the um what are called? They're bruins. They're the bruins the bruins yeah the bruins yeah, yeah not boston the, no the boston yeah boston yeah yeah but they're they're not the ones that marty mcfly wore they're the, the blue colorway are they the blue or are they the... No, he wore, the, he red, wore the red yeah and we have the blue ones yeah. on a bunch <laughs> of stuff like that though like classic like early 2000s 90 pairs of just like conversation starters like where you can walk in and say like wow it's some cool stuff you don't see in like display case usually it's usually just like a travis or like a you know i mean a stuff like stuff like that an off-white yeah 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 whatever the trend is or whatever the popular singer is now but you know that's almost a testament to you know your passion and your knowledge right because I think a lot of people dismiss the younger generation or maybe even the the newer sneaker collectors and thinking, you know, and we do it all the time too. Like the sort of the old man syndrome is like, oh, these kids don't know anything about history. These kids don't know whatever, like we need to educate them. But you've taken the time obviously to learn about a lot of these sneakers, which I think some OG collectors or sneaker enthusiasts would come in and they'd give you that respect because you've done your work, right? You've done your homework. And that's a lot of the times things that, some of the older heads may not, or they may assume that you don't have that or you haven't done that, right? And I can proudly say as well, every case, every shoe in that case, I've hunted down myself, mostly from the original owners. Yeah, That's yeah. not stuff I'm just like sitting on eBay like one day and like, oh, I have a couple thousand dollars bring a hole in my pocket. Let me just buy 12 pairs of shoes that are to look cool in a case. Like that's yeah, like right, right. three, yeah. four, five years of me like hunting Facebook, Kijiji, like talking to older people, trying to figure out if you have old shoes in your basement that you might be of value or cool to display mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the one pair or the not even the one pair you met up with someone in Toronto that they literally just were selling an old box like an old Jordan box. What was yeah. it? It was the re- fire red for 89 fire red box. I think I found it on Facebook for like 10 bucks. And I'm like, 
<laughs> Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm crazy with you. It was just the box and the hang tag. And I remember you going and meeting up with him because you were like, oh my gosh, I wonder if he still has the shoes. Like, I wonder if he has anything else. Like, and just meeting up with this guy for a shoe box, which he was like, why do you even want to buy this shoe box? <laughs> yeah, And, uh, yeah. But to, to some collectors, right? Like that's an important thing, right? Like, well, funny thing, I have a funny story. So I found a pair of 1985 Chicago ones on Facebook. And I've actually done it a few times now, yeah, but three this times. three times, but this pair was special. This was up North. I was living in Toronto at the time because we had an apartment there at one point and it was about a two and a half hour drive each way. It was up in like almost Muskoka's and I'm like, fuck it. Like, let's go. Like I just went there myself one day. I had a day off and I met up with the guy. He had the original box with it. Original owner gave me like a whole story. I had a picture of him holding the shoes. At that point, I knew how much 85s were worth, but I had no idea the value of the box and how hard the box was to find. Right. So I ended up selling this, the, just the shoe box. I kept the shoes that's still in the, still in the store. Sold the box for $2,100. Just Jeez. the box. Just the box. And you know what? I've heard stories about people, you know, either selling boxes for a lot of money or even just, I'm willing to pay top dollar for just the box. And I've heard things like that. And I'm like, boxes must be super rare because back in those days, people would pull the shoes out, wear the shoes, toss the box, right? And they're very hard to find. And I think that could be a lot to, to do with the reason why some of the boxes are so hard to find. But I mean, there's people out there that have maybe the shoes and they don't have the box complimented. So they're looking just for the box now too. Exactly. Like the pair that I picked up was thrash. Like when I say thrash, like rock solid, like not wearable, like it's strictly a display pair. And I had Yeah. someone I think Pittsburgh reach out to me and like he maybe spent $2,100 in the box, but he had like a basically brand new 85 Chicago in that exact size. So pairing Oh, that was pretty, yeah, absolutely. yeah, there you go. like his pair probably went up five grand in value just because he added the box to it. So that's kind of why 85, 85 Jordan ones are really the only boxes that have like substantial value like over a thousand dollars kind of compared Right. to anything else just because you could when you compare the shoes with the box like the value is on a whole different platform Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and it must have been one of those things like, you know, when you found it, you're just kind of like, Oh, I can't believe I found a box and, you know, other people wouldn't understand, but somebody like you that knows what, you know, how hard it is to find something like that, you know, it's probably ecstatic, right? at that point like i was hyped on the like having it with the box but like i had no idea as well Yeah, like you posted a, a photo of the shoes with the box and I think that... curated van actually reached out to me right away and he offered me like a thousand dollars right off the rip and i'm like holy shit for like just the box and i'm like like whoa like like what happened i think i paid at 850 dollars for the shoes and the box Yeah, which was yeah. a good Man, price obviously looking back on yeah, it yeah, now yeah. Looking back now, of course. Yeah, I had yeah. no Chicago's. idea that the box was really worth anything i knew it was impossibly hard to find but like Maybe a couple hundred bucks, like nothing like crazy. Right. No, that's, I mean, it is a crazy story. And I forget who mentioned that before, but the boxes are, especially for 85s, is something that, you know, is, is very sought after. It's hard to find if you can find them. But there again, there are OG collectors out there that want it to complete. I mean, they can complete a set of 85s, like a guy like Curated Van, for example, like you guys know Curated Van, you know, Ty, you know, boasts about his, his 85 collection, which is crazy. But how many of those pairs have the box? I'm not even sure, but... if he were to complete it with the box, like that's probably his next hunt, like to, to get all the boxes to go with the shoes too. Right. Like, The guy that that um, grabbed my box, he um, sold me these eighty five breads actually, like almost two years later. Like he was a huge collector, and he still he buys and sells them as well. But he has yeah. like all of like he's very similar to Curative Van. He's got a ton of eighty fives, all in crazy condition.
Yeah, that's amazing. It's, and, you know, like, again, 85s is one of those things that, you know, previously, I think, you know, the prices were never nearly as high. And I think people start to realize, like, this is, you know, a 40 year old shoe. Um, some of them, you know, still wearable and, and a lot of them not, but people still want them, right? Because it's a piece of history. It's something that, you know, especially a shoe like Jordan one that holds up so well, you know, you have yours on display. Some of them can't be worn, but, you know, to have a piece of that sneaker that almost started it all, you know, 40 years later is, you know, it, I think it's, it's a showstopper conversation starter. It's, it's cool to see guys that do collect those as well. But as, you know, as store owners, do you guys do trades? You guys do consignment as well? Yeah. A little bit of everything, honestly. Yeah, that's awesome because I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they have collections that, you know, maybe they want to trade in for some new stuff. So it's good to give somebody else uh, another avenue to make purchases. But speaking of trades and things like that, like what is the craziest thing that's come through your store? Or is there a trade that you've made that you consider like, I don't know, something that's, you know, just wowed you over, over these years? It doesn't have to be like a win. It could be a loss too. It could be whatever, but- crazy like wins I mean any shop owner is going to tell you his crazy stories where he's not like kind of got a highway robbery of something stupid cheap. Yeah. trying to think of anything that's like crazy that we've had or like even anything that's come through your shop that you know you know somebody's looking to get rid of and you're just like wow I can't believe I have these in my store right now red October's have walked in twice both times turned out to be fake though unfortunately so that was yeah. like how it was my size too and I had me like crazy and I look at them I'm like oh, not real unfortunately yeah 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 Last year, we actually cashed out a guy from Toronto, Off-White Chicago's brand new size 12, never taken out of the box with original receipt from 306 Young. Wow. It's probably the craziest shoe I guess we've had in that's yeah. actually for sale. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I mean, like consignment, how does that do for you guys? Like, are there a lot of people that come in and want to bring in their shoes for consignment? For consignment, we really only do it with like a handful of people because it can get really messy with a lot of like one person dropping off one pair of shoes. It doesn't really make right. a lot of sense for us. You'd rather just cash them out. Yeah. But we yeah, mostly yeah. consign a lot of like GR kind of stuff. Yeah. Just with the way the market is right now and like basically nothing really selling out unless it's like a super hit shoe. It's just like, it's not really worth it. I mostly invest the money into used shoes, grails, stuff that's very sustainably like holding its value in the market kind of thing. And right. stuff that like consignors are never going to be bringing to me. It's nice that you mentioned that because I think a lot of shop owners actually have mentioned that too. I think the guys at Kenshi also said something too about, uh, was it guys at Kenshi? I don't know. Um, no, who was it recently? Consignment, but... Yeah, I don't I don't know if they can sign. I don't no, think... but they were mentioning how they, they didn't want to do it because, again, like you said, it gets messy. Like, if somebody wants to come in and, like, let's say if, if I came in and I wanted to trade a pair of sneakers, and I'm like, oh, I want that pair of sneakers, but it's on consignment. So how does that, like, you know, like, things like that get really complicated. So a lot of shop owners kind of want to stay away from that unless it's something that will move fast or, or, or something like that, right? Like a highly popular shoe. They'll do trades on consignment pairs. It just has to make sense, obviously, what the payout is for the consigner versus yeah. like the value we're taking in that shoe ad. So if like it makes sense number wise, where it's still worth paying out the consigner, I'll do the, do that all the time. I've done that like probably hundreds of times at this point. It just has yeah. to make sense the value I'm taking the shoe in at. Yeah, right. I mean we're fairly like strict with our consigners. Like we have, I don't know. I think we have like five consigners that are like big consigners and are like mm -hmm. our staples and we let them kind of like work out what is the payout price for this item. Like it has to be reasonable, but then if we have a new consigner come in and they have the same shoes as some of our older consigners, yeah. like we're like, Hey, this is what our payout is. And it's like, you're either going to take this payout or like, you're not going to consign with us. Yeah. Sort right. of thing. Yeah, not 
paying everyone like different percentages or like taking a certain percentage yeah. like it's a strict payout and that's it that's one thing i, I know kenshi mentioned that they had a trouble you weren't going to be able to find a consigner that would take under StockX payout to like to be able to get fair prices most consignment stores have outrageous prices and that's another thing that's kind of ruined the sneaker game in a sense there's so many stores in the gta people just don't really know what they're selling they're only selling like gr dunks at like 300 over stock x ask and stuff like that like yeah yeah our consigners yeah. understand that we're basing it off of fair prices so if you don't want to have, bring a shoe that you can take a good price payout on then i'm just not yeah. gonna anything because we yeah. still want to yeah. market where it makes sense to shop from us well and that's that's like that's what differentiates some of the better shops in in, in the city and in surrounding areas right like a lot of those mall shops we talked about, right? You walk yeah. into them and there's they have no idea about anything, right? Like you walk in wearing something dope and they could care less about what you're wearing. And it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm old and I want I want people to like notice my shoes and talk about them, <laughs> right? But like at the same time, right? Like you talked about some of the pairs that you have in your shop and that are just there to just like talk about, right? You have original 90, I think you said 99 white cement fours, right? And a bunch of yeah. other OG ones, right? That's cool. Like, that's cool to go in. And there was a time in sneakers where the sneaker shop, being that probably at the time was a footlocker, was yeah. a hangout spot. Yeah, for sure. And we'd like to treat our shop like that as well. We have a huge seating area in the middle. As soon as you walk in, like, it's okay to come in and hang out. And like, I like talking to the new customers or even returning customers and just like chatting, like what's coming out, what they like, yeah. mm -hmm. what gets them into shoes, gets them excited about like coming in and grabbing something. So that's something like, it's funny that you mentioned that, like, that is something that we talk about all the time that when you go into some of these like franchise ish stores, yeah, I don't want to name any names, but like some of their employees seem more like they have kind of like a God complex because they work yeah. there. Like yeah. they don't talk to anyone. They're not mm -hmm. social. They don't really know the, the market. Like they're just working there. Cause maybe they're just a high school student looking for a job or yeah. even some sort of like status. Like, Oh, I'm the cool kid that works at this shop. Right. Yeah. Sometimes Whereas with us, like we have people come in and ask for jobs pretty much every single day. And like, our main thing is we want people working with us that have the knowledge and the passion behind it because like at the end of the day like as a store owner no one else is going to care about your store as much as you and the thing is is that you can't make someone care about your store but yeah. if you find someone who has that passion then they're going to showcase yeah. that to customers yeah. they know their stuff it's very hard to find good people to be working in stores and yeah. you know like the couple of stories you've had on here i know like the Kenshi guys and the Omnis guys are almost always in the store because yeah. like, it's so hard to find someone that like has been coming to your store for two years and the fact that I'm not going to be there anymore and it's kind of like a random nobody that is, knows nothing about what they're yeah. normally coming and chatting with me about like it gives yourself a really bad image and you're going to lose a lot of customers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. You know, it's 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 finding people that have that same passion that will promote your store the same way that you would right? And care as much as you would, because that's your livelihood. That's, you know, that's your bread and butter. You're going to put all your money back into the store, but you yeah. want people to have that same mentality too, you know, like treat it as if it was your own. And there's not a lot of people out there. So when you do find a team that can do that, not only does it make your life a lot easier, but the customer experience I find um, is so much better too. Like you mentioned Omnis, for example, like I go in there all the time. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, just to see what they have in there. And, and when I go in there, 
I just chat with them for like an hour, you know what I mean? And it could just be like, it could be about sneakers, but it could be about their kids. It could be about, you know, what they did last weekend or whatever the case is. And I like that kind of vibe where you can just sort of, you know, talk to them as if they're your friends too. And, and that's what most of the stores that I like to frequent, that's the vibe that I get. Yeah. And we try to have that vibe as well. Like, obviously it's not something that you really want to try and put your all into, but like you want it to like be kind of an organic thing. But I know, so we were only open five days a week when I first started working with Nick and like from the beginning, but then we opened seven days a week and uh, our one employee works Mondays and Tuesdays without us. And his biggest concern when we first started opening up seven days a week was, what if there's people that come in on Mondays and Tuesdays that are looking to talk to me? Mm -hmm. I'm not there. Like, and it's hard to be an owner and be hands off, yeah. but he soon realized like customers are making connections with Jamie, our employee, and they're yeah. not coming in to see us anymore. <laughs> yeah. But that's very, and it's amazing. that's such like a uncommon circumstance to find though. Cause like, if he wasn't yeah. good, it would really like tarnish our name and like, there's like some like, oh, Nick's not like a part of the business. Nick got the money and just kind of like let people be like running. The right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, it's a very like fine line of like finding someone that can connect with your original customers and like still give them a good impression. And like they're OK coming back and talking to him without me being there kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that says a lot about you guys as store owners too, right? Like picking yeah. those people, making sure that your customers are taken care of, even though you're not there, you know, letting your customers know that, hey, you know, Jamie's just as good as me, right? Um, yeah. You know, he cares just as much about the store. And if you ever want, if you want to have a conversation, you know, it's the same as if you were talking to me too. That, that, that At least that's what it sounds like to me. Exactly. And he's not even the most knowledgeable guy on sneakers. Like he knows a good amount about sneakers, but like, when it comes to like me, I definitely know more than him, but he's such a good like people person that he can still hold the conversation. And like, he knows more about vintage than you. Like yeah. try to find people who... Uh, that know our weak spots as well. Yeah. Or yeah. like, oh, that... job. So he's like, so what he does at the shop mostly, he's basically a full-time social media guy. So he's doing all of our YouTube editing, a lot of the filming, okay. any short form content when it comes to reels, TikTok, Instagram, stuff like that. Like he's really behind the scenes on all of that every single day. Yeah. But on top of that, he also has the knowledge of vintage as well, which is beneficial to the shop. And I kind of want to get into that too, because over the last, and, and I mean, you guys would probably know better than me, but I want to say over the last maybe like four or five years, I would say vintage is just kind of like blown up, right? Like you see it everywhere. There's shops that um, have been around for a while doing vintage, but you know, there's new ones popping up now too. So, you know, people, a lot of people are looking for older pieces, you know, rare pieces, things like that. And, you know, you guys carry that um, as well as sneakers, uh, which is part of that vintage meets hype, I guess, in the in the name of your store. But, you know, how did you guys get into selling vintage? Was that always a vision for your store? Was it always, you know, I want sneakers, but I always also want clothing as well? Or was it something that came later on? So you mentioned earlier that you were reselling in high school. We both had like Instagram reselling pages. Very, very yeah. small, like very small, like inner circle, like my friends and like yeah. people that I knew could like kind of like buy stuff off me. It was like never on a big platform though. It was right. never yeah. a vintage me type either. No. Like we were thrifting and buying vintage stuff and just reselling it in high school. Like that's something we were both into early on. And like, I think that that just went into the business from him when he first started as well and mm -hmm. that's even like how you and I met we were going out thrifting together and like yeah. looking for this stuff together but the plan from day one for sure to answer your question vintage me type was like the name I started with and like yeah. that's exactly the whole like mindset was having vintage gear in with sneakers and streetwear 
kind of like knocking all three categories out at once. And I loved vintage. And like at this point nowadays, I definitely will take vintage over streetwear any day of the week. Yeah. I personally. Yeah. And, and you know what, and, and a lot of, and a lot, of, there's a big vintage community, right? And I think a lot of people that are into vintage clothing and sneakers or whatever the case is, you know, they can uh, vouch for that too. Like having a piece, um, you know, like a, a wrap tee that maybe you can't find or a band tee or something like that, wrestling tees and things like that. Like, I think there's a lot of great pieces out there. They would rather spend, you know, $300 on something like that because it's almost, almost like a one of one in a sense. As opposed to like maybe a Baper Supreme tee for 150 bucks, right? And that's one thing that I can kind of touch on about the vintage me type thing. We yeah. sell some crazy expensive t-shirts in store as well. But having the streetwear in the store as well makes it a lot easier for that sense. Like when you walk into a strictly only vintage store and you can see mostly items of 20 to $30 and then they have like a $300 t-shirt on the wall. Right. It's very hard, to, I'd say, to find to grab a customer that's going to walk in and just say, oh, I want the, that t-shirt on the wall. First, like in our store, people are coming in already expecting to see like $100, $150 Supreme tees, stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. I walk in the vintage racks after and see, oh, wow, like this is a crazy like 90s, like Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan tee that's like $150 that you're going to see no one else having. Yeah. And oh, I might as well buy this instead of the Supreme tee kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely closes the gap for sure. Exactly. And one of the best things I think about working in the store every day is like being able to educate people on vintage that don't otherwise know a like that aren't interested in it like <laughs> you're like why would i buy this like when i could get a brand new item for a hundred dollars why would i buy this hundred dollar vintage tea like yeah and just giving them like the education behind it like it's way better quality like yeah giving them the story behind the piece and like we've he's made a lot of customers um transition transition and yeah like vintage for sure definitely people that have came in like not open to the idea of buying used sneakers, used streetwear, used vintage. Yeah. And then kind of understanding like, obviously you don't only sell vintage clothing, but the sustainable aspect of buying clothes that have already been out there and not buying like tons of fast fashion that's always like reproduced every single day. Right. And and you're right. Like things like quality, even the stitching, some of the the the, the designs or the, the prints that are on there, you can't get that on some of the new stuff anymore. And, and it's almost like a true unique a lot of like one. wear and stuff like that. I'm sure you see a lot of companies like even Travis coming out with like age shoes and like, yeah, age yeah, yeah. Like distressed, pre-faded, all that stuff. Like when you can see like an authentic, like faded shirt or like, like something that's naturally been aged over the last 30, 40 years. It's like a huge difference to see in store. And people are starting to really like gravitate towards that. And oh, yeah. you, it's even applicable to shoes though. Like, obviously everyone knows that Nike's not using the same materials now as they once were. Like there's a right. reason why all of the older releases sell for way more and mm -hmm. they're more desirable. And even if it was just like a GR release, like people are still more drawn to the older pairs. Because now they're doing the same thing that's catching the popularity with the lost and founds, the reimagined yeah. threes, like all the OG 85s coming back around with like the cut and like the stiff leather and stuff like that. Like, Right, right. Kind of becomes such a popular thing, not just in vintage now. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think a lot of people, they don't understand that you can't replicate those types of things. Like as much as you want to put, you know, an age midsole on a, on a lost and found Jordan 1, you oh. can't do the same as the one that's on your 85 red that's on the shelf yeah, behind you, you right? the original like wear. That's actually, yeah. we were talking about that today. What is your guys' opinion on the lost and founds? And like not even just lost and founds, but just the reimagined shoes in general. Yeah. The okay so we've i think we've had this discussion too and and when the whole free age thing came about i was not a fan you know what i mean like 
I've always been the type that I've got pairs from early 2000s. I've got, you know, OG cool gray 11s, for example, that the patent leather is patina now. It's yellowed. The soles are piss yellow. I've got 06 military blues that, you know, pieces are cracking off of it now. You know, a lot of those older and, and higher number Jordans, like 16s, 17s, you know, that sort of thing crumbled and whatever. But when they started doing the pre-age thing, it's almost like people were trying to fast forward that whole look to get yeah. it now. You know what I mean? And again, like I said, you can't replicate it. So I don't know if you remember, but there's pairs that came out and it almost looked like they splattered it with iodine or something like that. It was just like so orangey, rusty color. It wasn't like a real aged shoe from either the early 2000s or even earlier than that. So I was not a huge fan of it. I understand that it's a trend trend now because people are gravitating more towards vintage, older clothes, older pieces. So they want to replicate that look without having to do the work of putting in 20 years because they don't want yeah. to wait 20 years for that, right? Yeah, I'm kind of on the... <laughs> kind of on the fence I, I i don't typically i'm i'm big on not being a big fan of white shoes but i actually if i was going to do an age look i'd want to age them myself so as an example of those infrared 23s that i talked about the toe cap is all yellowed but it's it's yellow it's because naturally worn, yellowed yeah it's naturally yellowed it. i've worn them they're they're aged they're an older pair right i don't mind the reimagined series personally but i have all those shoes already in their original form so for me it's like if i didn't have a white cement three or a, a chicago one and i wanted one yeah sure whatever like you mm -hmm. do what you want with them right like you want to put a little yellow on the sole cool like we're all good right we were actually talking about that too because yeah that's a pair that i missed in the like the want list i want the og white cement the 88 88s yeah yeah but um, obviously, like, we that's both, super hard to we find. We both have the reimagined ones. Honestly, yeah. the reimagined threes are definitely the best reimagined Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. Because now, the yellowing is not too crazy. That's, like, yeah. it's pretty accurate to what most of the 2013 pairs look like nowadays. Which is why yeah. I would take grabbing those ones and not bending over backwards to try to find a 2013 pair. Just because it's at, like, the 11-year mark where I know it's going to need to be repainted and swapped soon if yeah. I get it's at, that, it's at that age now having said that about all those reimagined pairs what i think the best part about them is is they're wearable so you mm -hmm. guys I, I can't remember which one of you had the nigels i think it was nick right yeah so the nigels as an example is a very very wearable shoe right because it's scuffed it's dirty it's off-white like it's it's designed to look like it's been worn and I, rich is a great example of that i know we can jump on tonight but he's had like four or five pairs of them and he keeps buying them in a air quotations here, worse pre-owned condition. And you can't tell what the difference between a dead stock pair and a used pair looks like, right? Because they are beat up already yeah. that you can't tell the difference. And I think with those shoes, the great part about it is because they're distressed and they're yellowed, you don't have that feeling of like, oh my God, it's a clean white shoe. I've got to, you know, wait for the pristine day to bring them out, right? It's just, I'm going to wear them. Like they are already in an aged position. We're just going to wear them. I actually forgot about those. That's probably one of the only shoes I guess I have that actually is aged and distressed, like very like obviously. But yeah, I think it's the story, behind, the story behind yeah. them, like, which is why I think I like them so much. Obviously, the fact that you can wear them and like literally destroy them and no one's going to know the difference. Yeah. The yeah. fact that was the first ever BMX shoe to do a Nike Jordan yeah. ever, like, and that he rode in a pair of Jordan ones is just kind of crazy to me. And he kind of started, I think, the whole Travis SB thing kind of stemmed off of those, in my opinion.
I agree with you 100%. Like when yeah. those first came out, a lot of people were haters too. Like they said, oh, why would I want a shoe that looks like it's already scuffed? But then now, fast forward to now, and everybody wants that pre-aged look. Everyone wants a pre-scuffed look. And the Nigel's actually, the other thing too that I didn't notice that Rich pointed out to me um, when he had his Nigel's was even the bottom, right? The sole is kind of has like white on it as well as if it was like, you know, exactly like that. It's almost like salt stains on it. And exactly. at first I was like, oh, it's worn already. He's like, yeah, but it, that's how they come. I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. Also love the swoosh on the toe. The mini toe? I'd be yeah. sorry, the mini swoosh on the toe? Yeah. So I, that I've ne- I think that might have been <laughs> the first ever Jordan one that's been done to. I don't With really. the mini swoosh? Yeah, I think. You're not a fan? <laughs> I, that's the one thing about that shoe that I'm not too big of a fan on. Just because I've seen so many like women's releases of dunks like that are just GR releases. Yeah. Do that little embroidered the swoosh. Mini swoosh? Like, I'm a fan of it because of Air Maxes. I, I'm like, I love a look of a mini swoosh on an Air Max one. So whenever they kind of do that nod on other pairs, I'm kind of a sucker for that. But um, yeah, I mean, for dunks and things like that too. Yeah, I can, I get how it's almost feels forced on some pairs, right? Which dunks are one of those things because, you know, there's a huge trend for it and they were kind of just trying to do whatever. But yeah, I mean, getting back to the reimagined thing. I think the one thing that I do like, as much as I hate the fact that people want a pre-age shoe, the one thing that I do love about it is that they're changing the shape of you know a lot of them too. So uh, a lot of the complaints with some of the pairs is that they didn't get the shape right. Jordan 1s especially, right? Especially with the OG cuts and things like that. You notice that the shape is so much nicer when, you know, the toe box is, is the correct shape. Air Max 1 is the same thing when you have the correct shape. You know, the Jordan 3s, even the 4s that came out, uh, the SB4, sorry, they have that sort of shape. The military blue 4s are supposed to have similar shape too. So those are the things that I do appreciate. They do take the time to go into those details. But, I mean, I have the, the reimagined 3s as well. And I haven't even worn them yet because I'm continually wearing my retro 88 pair. So there's that pair that I have. I had the three four line 3s as well. I sold those. I never had the 2013. Honestly, though, the line. The story is sick. I'm not a huge fan of the translucent sole. Exactly. So, that, and that was my thing too. Like, I liked the story behind it. I couldn't do the the, the translucent sole, but I liked how my 88s were aging. So, and I did that not like it was natural. So, when those released as well, that was the first three. I think maybe to to retro with the Nike Air on the back. So to have that white cement three when I got that you know, it was a big deal. And then after that, a lot of pairs just started coming out with the Nike Air on the back and, you know, became normal because that's what people were asking for. I'm an OG guy too. To have that Nike Air is huge for me. Not that I don't appreciate the Jumpman. I thought in the time that it happened, everybody wanted Jumpman logos on everything. So for them, it made sense. Plus they moved away from Nike, but to have that now on all pairs kind of brings that nostalgia back. But I think the one thing that changes my thoughts about the reimagined pairs is just them getting that shape right. It's a lot of the details, the aging thing, you know, I can get over it again, like Trev said, where, you know, sometimes you can't get a 2015 Chicago because it's just so expensive, but now this lost and found one comes out. So if it's something that's more affordable that you can get, that you can still rock, I can, I can get with that as well. You know, the lost and found were done pretty well in my opinion as well. Not even the shoe itself. The shoe itself was like, Okay, like the aging's pretty accurate. I'm not a huge fan of buying a shoe that already looks like that, but with like the box, the sticker on the box, the receipt, like the whole aspect of all that was amazing. Am I? Yeah, opinion? those little details for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely liked what they did with that as well. I it's agree. funny. It's funny. You guys mentioned the free throw line three and the translucent. I I thought the same thing as you guys, and then I got a pair. I ended up finding a pair for three hundred bucks. B V B N D S. Right, like very very close to dead stock. 
basically at retail, right? So I, I, I jumped on it. And the funny thing is, is when the reimagines came out, I was like, I like this pair better. Not because of the translucent, yeah. but because of the clean white on it. For sure. Right? So That's the main thing with me. Is that like why I was okay with the reimagines is because they're not super noticeably yellowed. Yeah. yeah. Which is why yeah. I think it's okay. Because it doesn't look that crazy different compared to a 2013 pair I'm going to grab anyway. It's tastefully done, right? Exactly. Yeah. And because a lot of the Nike shoes are just getting overdone now where it's too yellow or it's piss yellowed right from factory. Where this is yeah. like... Just like an off-white kind of a, like a light cream color that almost looks. Yeah. You sometimes have to double take when someone's wearing a, a white cement three nowadays if it's an eighty-eight yeah. or if it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about this also today. The reason that like I feel we weren't the biggest fans of the Lost and Found at first is because you had the pair of eighty-five Chicago's that were stolen. Yeah, and they were so yeah. He had a pair of eighty-fives that chicago's that were stolen and they were stolen at the same time that the lost and founds oh, yes. released yeah and that made it absolutely impossible for us to ever have a chance of finding yeah. these yeah literally right. yeah. they got stolen and then within like i think a week of that the lost and founds came out yeah so like facebook and everything was flooded with chicago yeah. like <laughs> finding like trying to like hunt them down and like a like a kijiji or facebook didn't like that put a bad taste in our mouth for yeah. sure. We were like, oh, we hate the lost and found. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to find my like 85 pair. Yeah. How it happened was we actually just did move into the new store location that we're currently at now. Yeah. And I think it was, we only maybe there for a week or two, not long at all. And we didn't really have every, like, all security systems properly set up, which obviously you should going forward, definitely have that all ready and up to date before you even put anything in the store. Yeah. Whatever. It was my size 12 personal, like 85 Chicago. Was and I was like, where it was wearable. It was in great shape. And I'm like, okay, I'll put it in the store. I'm not wearing them on a daily basis anyway. Like leave them on display for people to actually look at. Some homeless guy breaks in one night. We're not properly prepared for it. He takes like a couple of random things, has no idea what he's taking, yeah. but he had to grab it by 85 Chicago's, which was like super heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah. Well, I know you guys posted like a robbery thing. I don't know if you guys want to talk about this, but, but I mean, it's one of those things like as a shop owner, right? Like you said, it's it's tough because you 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 want to be able to display things, but at the same time, you're putting your stuff in the view of people who may not want to pay for that stuff. And you exactly. know, like, and a lot of that stuff is so irreplaceable that I'm putting in. Like, it's not like I can tell insurance, yeah, my my forty dollar my forty year old pair of shoes that's worth three thousand dollars just got stolen. They're like, yeah. what? You have a receipt yeah. for it? Right? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like stuff like that, or it's just like such irreplaceable stuff. Like even though somewhere like those ninety nine white cements might not be worth more than like a couple hundred bucks, it's just like find me another pair with original box that's not crumbling like it's just like stuff like that that's so hard to replace that has such good stories and like memories of how i've achieved them it's yeah. just place that kind of stuff that's the main thing yeah we made a youtube video recently kind of talking about everything from when we started the store till present day of what we've been through the good and the bad and there's definitely some things that we like forgot to talk about in that but yeah we touched on how People are always like, oh, like you've had a break in, but oh, you have insurance, right? And it's like, yeah, we have insurance, but you're never going to replace stuff mm -hmm. like the 85s. You're yeah. never going to get a proper insurance payout for something yep. like that. Yeah. I'm not sure if you guys ever have some time, but I definitely recommend watching that YouTube <laughs> video we did drop. It's about like an hour long, but it's kind of in a podcast style yeah. where we just go into depth, flashing pictures on the screen, video clips of how we started it. 
and all the break-ins, all of our like crazy lineups and like goods and bads are kind of up to present day of what the business has been to. Yeah, no, I did. I actually did start watching that video. So I'm glad you guys brought that up because I think it's something that a lot of people should take a look at, especially just trying to see the behind the scenes of a store, right? Like there's all these things that people don't see behind the scenes and that you guys talk about, you know, people always see, oh, you know, like Nick and Paige, they've got their own store now. They must get lots of stuff in and it's, you know, if, if something gets stolen or whatever, they can just replace it. But no, I mean, like there's bad things that happen to like so much money selling these thousands. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to reinvest that money back into your store. It's not like that's money that just piles up. Like you're taking that money and you're putting it back into inventory. You're putting it back into your employees. You're putting it back into updates for your shop, things like that. Right. Or content advertisements, employees, stuff like that. Like yeah, you do good, but like all the money that is profitable is going right back into making it more profitable and making more stores and like updating content, camera equipment, like mm-hmm. yeah, anything and everything you can imagine, whether it's the aesthetic of the store, like whatever it may be, it's always getting reinvested. Like, yeah. No, I love that you guys shared that. That's amazing. I feel like you see so many videos of people talking about their successes of their business, like cool kicks and like common hype or some YouTubers that we watch and like referencing like I feel like there's so many videos talking about like the positive such success that they've all had but there hasn't really been videos of anyone explaining the not so positives behind the scenes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like yeah so the break-ins are something that really is common in all of Ontario for stores like this like there was a month that there was at least like eight stores that were broken into that are just like ours and it's crazy it's stressful like it's it's scary too. I mean, I like some, like scary. broad daylight. I've seen a lot of oh, videos, yeah. right? Guys coming in, literally rushing the store, grabbing handfuls of merchandise and just walking out of the store. If you try to retaliate, you try to grab your stuff back, they're going to fight you. They're, they're going to hurt you. You know what I mean? Like things like that. It's scary as, you know, as a shop owner, business owner. Being in Canada, you can't really do anything to these people. Like you can't like, not that you can't keep like a firearm on site. Like you can't like really beat them up. You can't do anything to really like defend yourself. You're basically mm-hmm. sitting there and like, you kind of have to just take it. And especially if it's four guys versus like one or two, like what are you going to do at the end of the day? Like it's yeah. not risking your life over these clothing, but like it's also so detrimental to businesses when their insurance is like so fucked already from previous experiences that like, yeah, you really got to be like, scared and kind of like preventing anything that can be happening yeah Yeah. and it's stuff that you worked you know very hard to build and someone's just coming in and taking it which is unfortunate i hate seeing stuff like that go steal from walmart go steal from the (laughs) corporation that could afford to be stolen from at least in this like Like, that sense like stealing from small businesses or people that are like self-made kind of thing like don't steal from those people especially if you're gonna if you're gonna steal go steal from a massive corporation that can handle taking like a loss yeah Like even the police that we've talked to, like the police know us now in the area because they've just come to us so many times. And they actually said that to us. They're like, go steal from Walmart, go steal from these corporations that are billion dollar corporations. They're like, clothing is not a necessity. It's not like a necessity for your life, like expensive clothing, at least they're like. Yeah. You're gonna steal. Go steal from a corporation that can handle it. Yeah, and not that we're promoting stealing. No, Everyone, no, no, work hard for the money. <laughs> but what we're trying to say is that you know you guys have worked hard. This is a dream of yours. You're yeah. making your dream come true, and someone is coming in and just you know, just taking it right, and 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 that's not fair. Yeah, and it's also not fair to the customers that are coming in and they have to see what we're going through and like see like a loss of inventory or like good stuff oh. like not being on the racks anymore kind of thing or like sure. on like. One of our, actually a couple of our major thefts have been 
just days before like a big sale of ours so like our anniversary sale the first year we had a huge break-in before that and I think like at least 15 pairs of shoes that were supposed to be in that anniversary sale Stole. were stolen and then the next year as well we had another break-in right before the anniversary sale and luckily that person was caught and everything was recovered but like okay good it just always happened at bad timing yeah so, but i mean it sucks because you're trying to give back right like you guys are yeah. in business to make money of course but at the same time you appreciate your customers you want to give back by giving sales like you don't have to do sales right like i had a conversation with the guys at omnis and i think we were talking about because it was around black friday and i was like saying oh like are people um you know are they kind of like you know forcing you to do like a black friday sale or you know that kind of thing and they're like we normally would do something like that but we're not because we give sales every day like we try to give back as much as we can we'll do anniversary sales like you guys do too but at the same time it's like why do i have to be forced into a sale that's first of all is not even a canadian thing right like we're just kind of being looped into it because Americans always have this Black Friday sale. So it's almost like we're forced to do that as well. And people will ask you about it. But, you know, they're more about giving back regularly than just doing one big sale. But again, it's like, you know, back to my original point is that, you know, you're doing stuff to give back to the community and someone's coming in and taking that away from the community, which sucks. like they're not just hurting you, they're hurting your customers too. And that's something that not just the inventory you've built up, but you've built up that customer base and you're giving back to the people that are loyal to your business. Yeah. And that's another thing that I see you do all the time in store. So when people bring stuff in to sell to, to us, so a lot of people come in and they talk about like, oh, this shoe is selling for this amount of money on StockX. And something that I really admire that you do when negotiating with people, you tell them the price point that you're looking to sell it for in store yeah. saying like, yes, this may be worth this much on StockX, but like I price all of my stuff below StockX market or like try right. to. So like, I would like to give back like a steal for my yeah. customers so I'm going to offer you this much. I have to make a little bit of a profit on top of this, of course, course and yeah. I'm going to price it at this amount of money so that it's considered like a steal for my customers. Another yeah. huge thing that I do at least is I clean everything that's used like thoroughly. Like every day I'll go in and clean shoes in the morning that I bought the day before that are used. Like everything goes out looking very presentable and it's always going out. Like Omnis kind of said for steals, everything used that we put out is always below market or yeah. at market. It's always a good deal for sure based on what it is. No, and I love that about store owners that will take that extra time to do that stuff because, you know, it shows the customers that you care, right? Like you could easily flip it, right? But, you know, I think people appreciate the fact that you're taking used pair, you're cleaning it up, you're taking that effort away from them as well, but you're also giving it to them for a good price. Like you've put in the work to make it presentable, but you're still giving it to them for a good price. Sure. And even on every single sale that we always do those sales, like usually it's like $200 and under for like 60 plus pairs. And when like I say like 60 plus pairs, I see a lot of stores putting out not bad sales, but like just marking down previous inventory, which is cool or whatever. But it's just kind of like lazier, in my opinion. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our sale days are like crazy. We could pull like two to like 400 people in line and we're giving back. Like last year, we had a pair of Travis Mocha one lows for 200 bucks. Like serious, wow. serious deals where like we're holding them for like six months, curating them all, cleaning them all and making sure like these sale days are like blockbuster days for us. Yeah. It's so it's like it's like new inventory. It's almost like coming into a store. Not only you're getting a sale or a deal, you're getting oh, stuff sure. that you've never seen on the floor before, which is amazing. Exactly. And people yeah. are always trying to ask us, like, oh, let me I'll give you three hundred dollars for these Travis's now. I'm like, no, like there's never <laughs> been a backdoor pair. Like 
everything yeah. you see us posting up to the promo is going to be there on that drop day. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's amazing I, that you guys do that. I think it yeah. comes down to like a lot. I'm not saying a lot of store owners are like this, but there definitely is a certain amount of store owners that are like this that are just it's greed like they're greedy mm -hmm. like it's mm -hmm. not so much the passion that's driving them it's more so like the money aspect and like of course everyone in business for themselves like has to make money but I think what drives us more than money is just the passion behind yeah. what we do everything I'm selling and that I'm buying I know why it's worth something how to authenticate it whether it's vintage like I have a very deep knowledge of vintage stuff same with streetwear same with shoes like I can legit check anything for you on hand we are free, legit, legit free legit checks anyone bringing their gear in for if I can have any knowledge on it, I'll give you my opinion on it like sure stuff yeah. like that where like I'd say like at least like 70 percent of stores out there wouldn't do the same thing for you no, you're right. I think we joked around about this too, because I remember when, you know, Facebook marketplace was like, you know, popping with the, you know, a lot of people buying and selling stuff or whatever people would do their meetups at these resale shops because, you know, they would get legit checks. And I think they got sick and tired of doing stuff like that. And they're like, now we're going to charge you for legit checks. You know, like if you want to come in, you want to get yourself a legit check. You're going to pay me for it. I got a funny story that goes along with that. So actually my first shoe that I really spent serious money on was a Travis Mocha Highs. Yeah, and I'm, I won't say the sneaker the sneaker store name, but I went at the store and I went with a friend and the guy met me at the store obviously, and they're gonna charge you I think fifteen dollars for the jet check in. And at that point, I was pretty young. I didn't have the knowledge to authenticate a Travis. And at that point, Travis Mocha ones were like the most highly fake shoe like ever to release. And to this day, you still hate legit checking them because they're a very hard shoe. There to is some check. shoes that are just super hard to check, even being a store owner and seeing tens of thousands of shoes it's still hard to check some shoes like some shoes are just really good fakes out there yeah and that travis one that you mentioned i think it was among the top fake shoes um, that was available yeah yeah i remember sure. seeing and that the fakes yeah. were scary good and the quality control on those were also horrible so there was tons of discrepancies between fake and real pairs of those and this store ended up pulling their pair off the wall that they had there as well because they had a size 12 on their display mm -hmm. and it turned out to be fake after we were going through with the employees checking them out oh no way little story but See, that's crazy so i mean anybody can get got these days so it's always like you said it's always good to just keep up with your knowledge know what you're looking for um and then if in doubt sometimes like i know some shops won't even take it because they're just afraid it could be fake and they won't even know either sure exactly i mean i'm very proud to say i don't think we've ever stole a fake pair of shoes mm-hmm like, I don't yeah. think we've ever had that experience come to us. Obviously, if we did, it would be like a no-brainer refund or whatever it may be. But of course, like, yeah. I don't think we've ever actually had that experience happen where we've sold a pair of shoes to someone and they've came back to us saying that they were fake. We definitely have people coming back questioning us. And then me having to like, I don't know, a lot of 11s are always yeah, the key. The Concord 11s. Just 11s in that. general. Always a yeah. shoe that people are looking at. And it's a hard shoe to authenticate, but the jump mans are always super weird. The stitching's always weird and like his yeah. hands and his feet and stuff like that. People are always coming and saying, oh, these look fake. Yeah. Or, oh, like something is like different or odd on these. And like it always ends up being real because I've done my research. But like that's a shoe that always gets people, I find. Yeah, it's funny. Actually, we had someone bring in a pair of Concords. No, uh, we had yes. them, no, we had them on the wall. No, no, the pair that were in the store yesterday. Yeah, those are ours. Oh, those already. are ours. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we always display the uh, the left shoe. And on the left shoe of the Concord 11s, the jump man's facing the, the opposite, the opposite way. way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to actually look at my pair of Concords all the time and be like, are these real? Like, what's <laughs> <is Jumpman laughs> not supposed to be this way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, it is like purpose. It's mirrored. Yeah, it's mirrored. <laughs> but yeah, just yeah. like small stuff like that where people come in and question us and like to be able to have the knowledge to like back up 
I don't know, this is like this on certain shoes or like the stitching supposed to be like this or Nike quality control is horrible and you might see glue stains or stitch marks. Sure. Yeah. Not everything's perfect, especially, you know, now with the mass production of stuff and, and whatever the case is. But I mean, speaking to that though, like as a shop owner, someone that prides, you know, the reputation on selling authentic items and being able to authenticate items, like you're not going to risk your entire business and whatever you work for to throw in a fake here and there and try to get people, you know what I mean? So the, I don't think a lot of people understand that and selling one fake shoe will do so much worse than you selling, you know, a thousand real ones or whatever the case is. And, you know, that one fake is what people will remember. So, you know, I'm sure as a business owner, that's something that you, you know, you pride yourself on not having to go through something like that. You never know who that fake pair can get into the, like, if it goes into the wrong hands. Like imagine you had like someone with a good following or someone really known in the sneaker game or celebrity even possibly like, sure. Yeah. yeah. Imagine that pair just slips into the real wrong hands. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like they could really be like detrimental to your business like absolutely within the first year of business uh we got featured in a complex con article and we have no idea who even wrote that article or like if that person had ever actually shopped at the store but even just to think about that like there's always possibilities that you have these people who work for these insane companies that are coming in and shopping with you and you don't know who they are who they work for whatever and yeah. the idea that they could get their hands on like a fake pair from you is like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. that yeah. Some stores knowingly sell fake pairs. Yeah, it's it's something that, uh, you know, it's detrimental to the community, I find too, because you want to be able to trust, you know, stores and things like that. Like not everybody knows everything about authenticating sneakers. So you kind of almost put your trust into people that do know stuff, right? There's a lot of third market apps that are getting a lot of flack. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to mention names, but I think a lot of people know that there are those apps that people, you know, are getting fakes from there too. So where do you put your trust? If you can't buy a sneaker, you can't authenticate a sneaker, you know, who, how are you going to buy that stuff, right? Like you have to be able to trust um, you where you're buying it from stores like us and yeah. like there's definitely been lots of stories that obviously i will never name names but mm -hmm. i know willingly sold fake shoes and it's just like you gotta like it puts a bad name for everyone else out there as well when we exactly alongside other stores like kenshi that i know like work so hard on making sure everything that they're selling is 100 authentic yeah yeah and like that's how you like it just puts a bad name on like people who walk into other stores and like oh like they sold a pair of fake shoes. Like I probably don't trust a lot of these resale stores. They're probably all moving fake shoes out of their right, store. Right, you know I mean? right. Like yeah, you get generalized to into that. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Which sucks. That's also why we offer the legit checking for free because it's it's not for us. It's for the community. Like the less mm -hmm. fakes that there are out on the street, like the better. Like the better for us, the better for the consumers. Like, mm -hmm. and we get people coming in the store all the time saying like, oh, do you do price matching? Like I seen this exact pair of dunks on Facebook for this amount of money. And we're like, okay, well, there happens to be a lot of fake shoes on marketplace. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a good chance that that is not a real pair of shoes. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, just giving people like the little bit of education as well behind, you know, why sure. something could be a little bit lower online. Yeah, exactly. no, for sure. Well, I mean, it's it's been awesome to hear about your 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 shop, where you guys came from, how it's evolved as well, you know, and, and then also the YouTube video that you guys shared too. I mean, you don't see that often, if ever, but, you know, I haven't had a chance to visit your shop yet. I, I will make a, a point to get out to Waterloo to see you guys. But for our listeners, 
what can they expect from you guys in the future? Like, will we see more locations, maybe a Stratford location, perhaps for Paige uh, <laughs> and her and her home city? Um, you know, maybe merch, for example, maybe some events. I know I saw something about uh, you guys doing like a, a vintage event uh, previously. You know, should people be expecting more of things like that? So this summer we have a store in Grand Bend, hopefully popping up. Oh, okay. That's Dope. gonna be kind That's of like a amazing. summer. That's a summer store. It's gonna be Yeah. mostly vintage stuff there, but it's right on the strip in Grand Bend. We're we're just in the final stages of actually like securing everything down there, but that That's should be dope. coming out. And that's a sick like little summer store. It's a five month lease there. So right in the middle of like summertime, we'll be there selling vintage stuff. Also our timeless markets. So we partner up Timeless with them. market. That's what it was. Yes. Okay. And Hamilton Drop Spot Vintage is also there. We're very good friends with those guys. Yeah. And Okay. we have, I think, five markets pretty much finalized now. We're going out west with about, I think, was it 2,000 plus Ducey pieces, doing a huge event in Kelowna and Vancouver this summer. We're doing Toronto, we're doing Hamilton, we're doing Waterloo. Those Yeah. three, I believe, are secured. Yep. I think Burlington as well. Um, Hopefully Montreal in the future as well. We're working on that one. Yeah. Just Uh, really like broadening everything. <laughs> we have another possible store location popping up. We're in I the, won't say the location yeah, yet. we're in the Okay. works. That one's, <laughs> that one's not there's finalized. another one pretty rough possibly happening this summer as well, but Yeah. definitely on the up and up. And the main goal this year as well is just like YouTube. And like, we really want to get active on YouTube, trying to do weekly videos. People We, don't understand how much work doing YouTube really is. It's... oh yeah yeah no i've heard like collie who's not on he has his youtube channel and he always mentions to us all the time but i'm thoroughly impressed with the videos that you have up there already but there is a lot of work there is tons Oh, yeah. of work Especially, like, the main thing is, like, we're just busy day-to-day -day in the store, and it's, like, so hard to even remember to pick up the camera and, like, just be, like, filming. Like, you just, you look back, and, like, the next day, and you're like, fuck, I should have been filming yesterday. Yeah, 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 That was right. going down in the store, but, like, you just get busy and distracted, and, like, it's a lot of work for our guy, Jamie, to be editing all the time, and, like, there's days where we need him in the store, we're super busy, like, doing other Right. stuff, and, like, YouTube is a very hard thing, like, people that are putting out good content that you can... I definitely respect them. Even with Right. you Oh, guys yeah. doing the podcast weekly, like We I respect respect it. it. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. No, and, and, you know, you guys have a store on top of that to upkeep, right? So on top of all of this other social media stuff, like thankfully you've got a guy like Jamie who does uh, a lot of the stuff for you, but you know, he's also an employee. So he's working too, along with you guys and you guys are procuring stuff. You guys are looking out for new shop locations, new events and all that other stuff. So YouTube is like another thing that's added to the plate, but I'm very proud that you guys are adding that because it, it gives another platform for people to see what goes on behind the scenes at Vintage Beast Hype. It's such like a powerful platform, especially for the sneaker stuff. It's just like you can tap into the entire world for free. Yeah. And Absolutely. it's Yeah. crazy to think like you and I both grew up definitely watching people on YouTube, Yeah. like Like sneaker YouTubers, sneaker YouTubers. vintage stuff like that. Yeah. Like. And it's funny, actually, how you mentioned earlier that that at the time that we started collecting, like the sneaker community was so small. And I grew up watching this one YouTuber and uh, she ended up actually being local. And I never knew that. But I had met her at a sneaker con event and ended up actually buying a few pairs of shoes off of her that like I grew up watching her and those shoes became my grails because of her. And Right, uh, yeah. yeah, ended up buying the pairs that were hers in the videos. And that was something that was like really, really cool just as like a consumer. Yeah. And I think like this year, especially, I think we're trying to focus on definitely doing more YouTube, doing content. We're trying to expand our business more so online than popping up. more locations the other location we're working on that's more of like a kind of we're hands off we just kind of found someone that we trust to run 
like almost like a franchise kind of debatable we're still working with logistics on that one for sure but (laughs) yeah one of our goals is to expand our team a little bit more this year but like we said earlier it is really really hard to find those employees that you trust and really definitely been trying to bring bring you bring more people onto our team it's just so hard to find people that are so well-rounded in knowledge but also super friendly and trustworthy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like yeah it's a very hard basis to find people that are like solid rocks for you to say the least of course of course yeah and but uh, i mean just to see how things have grown for you guys the plans that you have for the future definitely inspiring but do you have any advice for those that may be trying to be like a young entrepreneur like you guys and you know start a shop as well like do you have any advice for them definitely Definitely. (laughs) we have lots of advice (laughs) firstly i have to say to anyone it's a lot more work than it's ever looks like yeah even someone that started a shop and just like i never could have anticipated how much goes in behind the scenes of it Mm -hmm. for sure definitely i would say our business more than a lot more just because we sell vintage as well like that is just so much extra inventory and washing of clothes and like research like jordan's shoes nike's new balance whatever like not anyone can learn about shoes, but like shoes, it's something you can get a pretty easy grasp of pretty quick. But it comes to like vintage stuff. It is so hard to learn. It's a lot to learn. Like there's still new pieces I see every single day that I've never seen before. Tags or like even now vintage is getting fakes as well. Like it's just like learning all aspects of the business is very hard for sure. Like and something that we still even have trouble with is like the whole taxes like of owning your own business yeah, like you right. going yeah personal taxes your company taxes like no one tells you that stuff like yeah. there's definitely just like the logistics behind the scene is something like super like being yeah, the very... business side of things the actual business side of things paying your yeah, taxes it's very hard yeah. to like wrap your head around just being like obviously only like 21 years old when this was all starting like i had no background in any of this stuff trying to figure <laughs> out how to pay taxes or like invoicing and stuff like that is something completely new to me yeah like loss prevention and stuff like that how to deal with um running your business how to like one piece of advice though is definitely stay true to what you like yeah like don't try to like open your store and expect the money to be coming in instantly because it's not don't open and sell something that's not authentic to what you like personally that's one thing I try so hard, even at the scale of the business now, is to try to sell stuff I like. Of course, there's gonna be stuff now I can't sell only everything I like because right. yeah. it would just be shooting myself in the foot. But I try so hard to incorporate so many pieces that I can educate someone on, or give someone knowledge on, or like why I really like something, and like sell pieces like that on a regular basis. It's like something super important to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, the passion shows, right? Like if you like something, you know something, you know about it that shows your customers, right? Like shows your customers that you know what you're talking about, right? And that's one thing I see a lot now with all these vintage stores and sneaker stores popping up is you can really start to point out now which stores are authentic and Mm -hmm. they care about what they're selling and know the background of it versus other stores that are just in it strictly for like the money aspect or just the business aspect of it. Yeah, or just sort of like to feed off the trend that's happening right now, right? Exactly. Those and those stores out there won't last nearly as long as the authentic stores out there that you guys have had in your podcast and stuff like that. Like people that are really doing this, not for the money, but for the culture and like the love of what they're selling. Yeah. yeah. Great advice. No, that's awesome to hear because you don't hear about a lot of shops doing that for one. And then for, for you guys being the ages that you are and being as, as successful as you are uh, and looking to continue to grow. I think that's, um, you know, a, a lot to say for you guys and 
Um, really proud of what you guys have done already for your shop, but also for the community. And, you know, just looking forward to everything that you guys have in store because, uh, you know, it sounds like there's a lot going on. March on the way. We do March have on the way. Okay. <laughs> thought about that. We've, we've done a couple of pieces of merch. I won't go too crazy into it because I'll be running for a long time, but we've done lots of hats and like obviously someone that sells clothing all day. We're very picky with when it comes to merch. We want it to be like something very thought out and very like particular and not something like slapping a logo on a plain t-shirt kind of thing. Like Yeah, yeah. trying to be like thoughtful with it. So we do have like, I can actually show you guys like guys. We Ooh, have sneak peek. Okay, I like this. parts that we've been doing up for a long time, like just like super heavyweight, double layered mesh shorts. There's Oh, been nice. a embroidery at the bottom. We've done Oh, those. that's dope. I love that. Are probably our most like popular ones last year are these ones, the Paisley ones. Oh, I like that one. Our head at the bottom. Those are always really good for us. We've done a couple of pairs of hats. We've done uh tote bags is coming out soon, just like real tree camo tote bags. People have been loving those. I don't know, just different stuff, trying to like make our branding and merch like unique more than just like throwing a like a logo on a blank like t shirt that's like a gilding. Yeah. Well, I mean, from what I can see, I mean, I obviously can't feel the material. It looks like really good quality stuff. And that's something that, you know, it sounds like you guys are passionate about putting out good merchandise for your customers because we, you know, we're, we're big advocates for supporting local shops, um, you know, buying their merch and things like that. But usually, oh, is that the hat? This is probably like my favorite creation, I guess. What? I would say. That's dope. I love that. Our vintage market name is Timeless. So we kind of went off of like the Rolex theme of like basically stealing, like, doing the crown and everything on a green Yeah. or a black corduroy hat with a green underbrim. Definitely That's like dope. probably like our favorite piece of merch, I would say, alongside I love that. these crazy shorts, but just Yeah, playing. I know, but I mean, it's it sounds like you know you're 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 sticklers for quality. You want to put out good merch, you know, because it's one thing to buy, you know, whatever the brand it is that you purchase, but when you have the time to put in to your own stuff, you kind of want to put that extra little touch on it, whether it's quality, materials, patterns, logos, that sort of thing. You kind of want, um, you know, to give your customers something that is a piece of you, right? sure and it's also like giving them something that they're going to wear like i know like these shorts we see all summer long in the store we've seen people snap them overseas on vacations in the gym like giving stuff that like Not that's even. not going to sit in your closet in the back and never get touched giving stuff that's like not so brand heavy but it's just like a dope piece that people will actually like appreciate and wear on a regular basis Yeah, like yeah I feel like one of the most important things to us with merch is that we don't want to just create something for those who are close to us that support us, like our loyal customers or our good friends are just going to buy it just to support us. We want to create stuff that It's just genuinely like dope, like that the average Mm -hmm. consumer that hasn't even been into our store before, doesn't even know us or um, maybe isn't like a loyal customer Yeah. Right. will Yeah, see yeah. the store and be drawn to it. Yeah, they just like the piece and it becomes part of their everyday rotation. Yeah, for Yeah, sure. liking something that's not has our branding smeared all over. It's just like Yeah. a solid item that Yeah. you buy in like a foot locker and a lids or anything like that anyway. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that, man. It's it's awesome that you're able to share some of that with us. Uh, a lot of stuff that you guys have coming up. And again, I appreciate you guys taking the time to chat with us, man. This has been super awesome. Really proud of you guys. And just looking forward to all that other stuff that you mentioned coming up. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having us on. I hope to see all you guys in the store one day. I will be there soon. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can, I can kind of wrap it up. I know you guys mentioned like, you know, we've, we've been going on for a while, but like the passion really shows behind Yeah. what you guys are doing. Right. Like you guys went on for like an hour and a half about your shop. Like you are Yeah. passionate <laughs> Sorry, about the I know cult. you guys probably had more to ask us and stuff like that.
No, no, no. This is no. This, this is exactly what we want. Like this, we want to get your view from your about your shop. But yeah, as Trev's saying, right? Passion shines through, and that's what we love. Like, come on here. Like, let's let's talk and let's let's talk about what we all love, right? So, yeah, yeah I appreciate you guys jumping on for sure. Yeah, no problem. And we'd love to even like do it again sometime if we had a different conversation to bring up or whatever it may be. So, yeah, of course, we'd love yes. to have you guys back again. Um, again, like I said. You know, we've had guys uh, on here before, other shop owners, um, but you guys see a lot of different things and things change from day to day. It's not like an everyday, there's not a routine, right? Everything's different day to day. So, you know, it's it's always cool to hear stories. And that's why I like going to shops like you guys have is because, you know, you guys can share a lot of stuff in terms of stories, your experiences and things like that, that, you know, you just never hear about. For sure. hundred yeah. percent. I was going to say, if you guys ever wanted a chance to do an in-store podcast, I think that'd be something to be amazing as well if you guys could all oh, get into a store and would do be a studio podcast as maybe well maybe for our youtube channel in the future hey you guys yeah. set up a studio yeah. a little bit we're working on it right now it's a work in progress wow i'm really i'm really impressed with you know just yeah. you guys in general you guys are just knocking everything out of the park yeah. if, if you guys ever have an idea for youtube you want to include us absolutely yeah. reach out that we love to support we'd love to be a part of that definitely so all right do we have any shout outs before we head out Drops are vintage. Can she honest like people you've had on? I know those are people that I know pretty well that I can support on here. Shout out to all of our customers. Shout out to anyone that watches this podcast and listens to it. I mean, it's dope that you guys do this. I haven't honestly, like once you guys reached out, I wasn't completely knowledgeable on what you guys were doing. I had really no idea you guys were doing this and like being someone that's so passionate about shoes, clothing, and all this stuff. It's dope to see this is out here and especially targeting such local, like down to earth people. Thank you, man. Appreciate that support. Appreciate the kind words. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and likewise, I mean, you know, again, with shout outs, I think I just want to shout out Omnis. I was actually there just a couple of days ago and I was uh, shooting shit with Andrew. He was there because Mario and, and Steve, they had already gone. But, um, you know, it's kind of like what you guys said, like if they're not there, the shop owners are there, I can still talk to whoever it is, Andrew. I can talk to Kieran. I can talk to Sean, uh, whoever yeah. happens to be in the shop. And I just love that environment. So not only just shout out to Omnis, but I just want to shout out all the local business out there, stores like yours, we're all grinding every day, hustling hard, educating as well. You know, like that's something that you don't see often. And I just want to shout out, you know, just people like you that are just doing good for the community and and, and for the culture. Appreciate all that. Shout out to the people that are shopping local and shopping <laughs> businesses instead of online massive corporations. Yeah, shout out to 100%. To connections and like supporting other people. Absolutely. Trev, one. I think that's pretty good. I I, don't, I didn't have anything specific after that. <laughs> yeah, same with me, man. It's all good. So what's up to Carly? You know, hopefully you're good in China, bro. Awesome. Nope. All right. Guys, as we said, we appreciate you jumping on. And yes, if there's an opportunity for you guys with YouTube and you want us to come down to the studio, definitely let us know and we'll make the trip for sure. I appreciate it. Awesome. As always, you can find us on Instagram at InKicksWeTrust. Make sure to use the hashtag InKicksWeTrust for a potential feature. And you can find me on Instagram at Trevsky63. Kevin, where can they find you? You can also find me on Instagram, Kevin K. Man. Juan, where can they find you? Instagram, 321. You can message me about travel and kicks. Mainly Jordan 1s, but everything's fair game. And you can find us at Vintage Me Type with a 2 at the end. And YouTube? Vintage Meat Type. Every other platform is just Vintage Meat Type. We actually lost our, our original Instagram a little while ago. But that's why there is one with the two at the end now. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> makes okay. sense. Makes sense. Awesome. Guys, as always, stay safe and be well. We will see you all next week. Bye.